Welcome to the Kaiju Transmissions Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Bird. And I'm Matt Parmel. And we are joined by one of our uh, frequent guest hosts. That is uh, our friend Tom here. Hello, hello. And uh, of, of the Final Forum Dragon Ball Podcast, I can say that. Yes. So I can make you sound like you're like... <clears throat> From somewhere? Yeah. (laughs) Um, All right. Uh, So, um, we are... uh, We're we're talking more uh, in the kaiju-adjacent world today. um, uh, Because we're talking about dinosaurs. And specifically, the new Jurassic Park... uh, Jurassic World film um i i i gotta remember now jurassic park is uh a, it's not a jurassic park movie it's a, in the jurassic world franchise now yeah <laughs> um and uh that is jurassic world dominion and um <laughs> you know it's funny for all the stuff we talk about like uh, the one time we got a, like, well, uh, it's actually not a kaiju movie was when we talked about Jurassic Park uh, Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I didn't really say like it all was. Those, all, those, uh, all those, like, Halloween episodes that we do where we talk <laughs> about, like, Dracula and... <laughs> yeah. uh, and Japanese vampire movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, yes, I'm aware it's, it's not a kaiju movie. But, like I said, it's kaiju adjacent, and uh, so spare me the dinosaurs aren't kaiju uh, lecture. Um, uh, anyway, dinosaur movies are, uh, I, I would say, like a cousin of, of the kaiju genre, or maybe the kaiju genre is a cousin of of dinosaur movies um so uh needless to say uh we like dinosaurs yeah i like movies about dinosaurs um (laughs) well (laughs) uh, in theory (laughs) in theory um and uh, for people that uh, want to kind of catch up on where we are with with uh, the Jurassic Park movies, we did uh, two episodes back in uh, whenever Fallen Kingdom came out. It feels like twenty years ago uh, at this point. Uh, twenty eighteen, 
Um, we did one um, with where we talked about the first four, and then we did one for Fallen Kingdom. Um, so if you're curious, uh, you can check those out, and here we are with Dominion. Um, now, Tom, since you have not uh, done a Jurassic cast with us, um, yeah. do you kind of want to give your, your thoughts on, uh, yeah. I guess, the previous I'll five this. movies? I'll try and do this in under like five minutes. Uh, the first one is a Stone Cold Absolute Classic. It is, I think, to our generation, what like Jaws or Star Wars were to like our parents' generation, what probably Avengers is to the generation after us. Um, it's it is a like life changing kind of movie when you're eight years old and you see it in theaters. That's a five out of five. Um, I will never forget wanting to see it opening day and not being allowed to because it was PG 13 and my parents went and saw it first to like make sure it was okay. And so I didn't get to go see it until the next day. And just for the whole day, my parents must've just known that it was killing me for the whole next day. They were like, Oh, it was so good. You're going to like it so much. <laughs> like, <laughs> What jerks. <laughs> um, I love you, mom. If you're happen to be listening, which I know you're not, but, uh, (laughs) um, then the second one I think is really good. I really, really enjoy it. Um, I like the, the swerve ending and going to San Diego and that it pays sort of homage, uh, to, to, you know, Spielberg having kind of grown up on kaiju movies, as he said in the past. Um, I had the making of book for that one back in the day. And so I got really into it because, you know, I had that book and I was reading through it and how they did all the stuff with the grass and the things like that with the Raptors. Um, I really liked that one. I would waffle somewhere between a three and a half and a four out of five on it. I think it's just a really strong, really solid, entertaining movie. I'd probably push it to a four because I think that movie might be for me personally, like the pinnacle of special effects in a movie that was also good. Um, it's that perfect blend of CG and animatronic. And I actually think as much as I really like, I think a lot of the original movie holds up. There are some CG shots that kind of don't hold up as much. They do when you consider that it's 93, but I think like, the lost world holds up damn near under any consideration of what year it was made in terms of its effects. Um, three, I think is a mostly fun, really flawed movie that I would probably enjoy a lot more if it had a proper ending. It has, uh, some really cool dinosaurs in it. It has some really great dinosaur action. I kind of like the idea of putting people who had no idea what they were doing on the island. I know you've got Grant there to uh, to balance that equation out a little bit, but you know, just having kind of regular people there, I think was a, a decent enough twist. If they would have come up with an ending, I'll give that one like a three out of five. Jurassic World, I think, is again a very flawed, very fun movie, but at least it has an ending. Um, the characters suck, but the dino action is generally good. Uh, obviously would have loved way more practical effects than they put into that one, which is like, did they have like one shot of a, a potosaurus neck or something like that? Like, 
is the only is the only practical effect. I'd give that one though a three and a half out of five. I've seen it, I don't know, fifty thousand times in the last two years. My son found it and got obsessed with it. So right now, I don't care if I don't see it for like the next ten years. Um, Fallen Kingdom is a colossal piece of crap. It is everything wrong with Jurassic World and then some. And the characters are completely different. Uh, we'll be talking more about that in about, you know, 10 minutes or so. <laughs> um, the the uh, the story is a nightmare. It's like two movies, two different movies jammed together. I'm sure we'll be talking more about that happening again in about 10 to 15 minutes or so. Um, and I do think at least the dinos generally look pretty good. Um, I think it starts to at times trade in on so stupid. It becomes hilarious. I think if it were trimmed down a lot, I would probably really be able to get there as a very ironically enjoyable film because it gets so stupid at certain points. Um, I think the opening prologue is amazing on that one, actually. And it's all downhill from there. I'd give it uh, probably a two out of five. Uh, aside from the first movie, you were very generous to all of those. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, needless to say, I think out of like our circle, I'm, I've, I'm probably... Uh, the most harsh on all of the sequels. Um, you know, uh, the first movie is one of my favorite movies. It's amazing. The second one is okay. I've kind of gone back and forth on it over the years. Um, but now I'm, I'm mostly okay with it. But I mean, everything, I think, a- everything after that throw in the trash. What I'll, what I'll say about the second one, especially is it's the only one that, that really expands the score, like the musical score. All, like it still uses the, the the theme and everything, but then it expands it into like what I can think of as the Jurassic World, or not the Jurassic, the the Lost World music that I think is still like like right up there with that initial original theme. I think some of the music used on the Lost World is fantastic. Well, and the, I'm a big the, score guy, the Lost so World to me is the only other movie in this series that really seems committed to its themes and its ideas. Um, I will say that, like, I respect three for realizing it had no ideas and was just <laughs> like, let's just make an hour and a half rescue movie that's, with dinosaurs. I respect that's that. Why I've- that's why I've come around on three a lot over the years yeah. is it's, it's short and sweet. If it had a, if it had an actual climax, I'd probably give it like a three and a half. Yeah. I, I respect them saying we got nothing. Let's just make a 90 minute thing with dinosaurs. It's an, it's a, just a rescue movie. And then now, now you get to world and I see what it was trying to say, but in my opinion, it just, failed completely. You know, I see what it thinks it's doing and and kind of like building up a first act that's kind of like uh well, you know, dinosaurs are everyone's used to them and it's not surprising or shocking anymore and 
you know, everyone's so desensitized, so we have to keep making bigger, worse, you know, dinosaurs. But then it gradually just becomes a, you know, a, a kind of a beat for beat rehash of the original. And in my opinion, those themes aren't really stuck to very well. Yeah. <clears throat> and, I will say, and, and, and in, that, I mean, throw on top of that, you know, the bad characters, the awful dialogue, the misogyny, uh, <laughs> I mean, all kinds of other stuff. And, and yeah, I mean, I, like I said, everything after the second one can go on the trash, but, but, uh, and then, you know, when you get to world and this one, like, they become overlong movies with nothing meaningful to say and any of the heady kind of Crichton-esque um like sciency you know thematic exploration i mean you can kiss that goodbye at this point yeah it's funny though you you saying i'm too kind to those movies i think i would probably have given all of them when they first came out at least half a star higher than what i just did um Certainly world. I think I gave like a four or four and a half when I first came out of seeing it. Um, because I will say at least that movie understands like a three act structure. And um, it also, I, you can sort of get the feeling when you really start to pick it apart and chew on it and watch it 55 times that there are kind of two stories like it was almost like they had two different ideas for the next Jurassic world movie and kind of slid both of them together, but it does a much better job of really bringing one to the forefront. That being like the Indominus Rex and, and the plant or not the plant, but the park sort of crumbling and falling apart and having the other one being all the stuff with the trained Raptors actually feed that story and and that plot and actually having that the raptor thing take a back seat and not just feel like they just took two stories and smushed them together um and then also it actually has like a really good fun climax so you do walk away from it at least you could say oh well it tricks you into thinking that it's good but it's i mean trick or not whatever you walk away after you watch that movie feeling like you had a pretty fun time. Uh, agree to disagree. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I rewatched all the Jurassic films with, uh, right before, right after fallen kingdom. Uh, yeah. First one stone cold classic. I like lost world quite a bit. I think I'm at like a three and a half. It's just, it's really fun. Um, I hate Jurassic Park 3. I just I never could get into it. I thought it was incredibly boring. Um, I actually gave that a one and a half. I went back and looked at I had to look at my letterbox to like remember what I'd even rated it. I like Jurassic World, but I, I do think there is something to like that final act winning me over because up to that point I was like, this is fine. Um but I, I do think the that is the nostalgia cash in that works we're going to talk about a bunch of examples that don't work this next movie i think um and then fallen kingdom i hated that just it's bad and uh i think this one's worse i think i think i might be being a little generous to fallen kingdom in my two out of five but i gave it a two <laughs> again i gave it a one and a half it's one of those things it really is like this happens all the time it, this happens all the time like 
you get Stockholm syndrome with these movies when you see them over and over and over again. 100%. And Fallen Kingdom is another one that my son has like latched onto just because he likes watching dinosaurs do th- anything. <laughs> <laughs> and so he really likes that movie. And I've seen it way more times than I ever would have wanted. And you start just really focusing on the things you you like about it because otherwise you will be miserable you'll go crazy as it's playing in your house every single day but it's it's it, but it's also like gaslighting you <laughs> is your son's favorite part that uh when the indoraptor smiles is that when he, that when he winks at the camera <laughs> whatever he does i mean it's pretty telling that that you know he likes the opening and then he goes, eh, I don't, I don't want to watch until after they're off the Island. Yep. Yep. I mean, we, we talked about it during our review, but I, I do think it, there's something to like the Indoraptor and some of the, the horror sequences in that are actually pretty well done. But yeah. the movie is so fucking stupid. Yes. <laughs> and, and if it these have been, been stupid shorter, for a very long it. time. Yes. Okay, that that's yes, yes. <laughs> but we're about to see that. I think again, we're about to see that. I, I think played out even worse. Oh boy! So that's where I am. I, gen- you know, generally enjoy the franchise. I came into this one, uh, very much not excited, but also mildly hopeful. Because what has everyone been asking for since the end of the lost world is, oh, okay, you showed us what would happen if a T-Rex got loose in San Diego. What if like all the dinosaurs came to the cities now? That's what everyone's been asking for for, what is it? It's, is it 15 years now? Since uh, since lost world? Since, since 97, I, right? I'm about to hurt your feelings, but you can't math well. It's like 25 years. We're old, old Tom. No, it's this. Fi- what the hell are you talking about? It's 15. Nope, it's 25. 25? Oh, it's 25 years. I are you all right? Well. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> like, 1997 was 15 years ago. You just yes. heard Tom. Congratulations. <laughs> yes. 97 was let me live in this world where 97 <laughs> was 15 years ago. And and then also the Jurassic World movies haven't happened. That's okay. That's a good trade off. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's okay. So 20 yeah, my bad. 25 years people have been asking for this and uh no, they yeah. don't care. <laughs> and listen, people Fans can be asking for things and filmmakers not give it to them and it can be good. Right? Uh, I yeah. Mean, it's it's happened a bajillion times over the years. I I'm sure if you know if if you took the 2022 crop viewing audience, um shit, you would never be able to do this because people would never see it and it would bomb. Uh Say if you took the 2022 viewing audience and showed them Star Wars outside of the context of the entire franchise, which obviously you can't do. 
you can't duplicate, but still you'd have a billion fan theories for the story of empire. Right. And they'd all be like about, Oh, Luke is like probably some badass now who, you know, is an outlaw from the empire and did it and all of these fan theories. And then it'd be like, Oh wait, Vader's his dad. What the hell is this? Oh, empire was pretty de- divisive when it came out. Yeah. So, but still it divisive or not. The dominion is not divisive. I, I'll say that. I don't think there's a, there's a, a big contingent of, uh, people running against the, the consensus on that on dominion uh, but you've seen them they're 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 pretty loud they exist obviously and they're loud <laughs> but there's not a lot of them don't don't get that twisted but fans can have their theories and they can be completely twisted and subverted and not delivered on and all these other millions of things right but it can still be good and then, the, and then that brings us to Jurassic Park, Jurassic World Dominion. <laughs> um, it does, doesn't it? Uh, so, um, uh, so we got your boy, Colin Trevorrow. He's back uh, after he skipped the last one because at the time he was, and this is going to sound kind of weird, considering things that we might say about him. Uh, he uh, was attempting to keep star- the Star Wars sequel trilogy from crumbling in on itself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they uh, decided to, uh, they, they were like, you know, no, it's just not shitty enough. Um, so then they got J.J. Abrams to come in and, uh, I don't know, fulfill a checklist of market-researched, you know, Look, we were on Reddit, and this is what they didn't like about the last Star Wars movie. Here, reverse <laughs> all of it. Um, so he had to miss the last one, and uh, but he's back for, now. For anyone who out listening to this, who who has a, even a mild curiosity about that, and for some reason hasn't, go and Google Duel of the Fates script. It's actually and pretty good. It, yeah, even if even if you don't read the whole script, read like the bullet points from it, and you'll be like, "Oh, that sounds better than what we got." And it would have, I mean, it it would have been a real, it I, it would have been a, I don't know, I mean, if it would it would have been like still been a, it still would have been like a bloated, overlong, action heavy, at times really stupid. But and, it, it would have given us a solid trilogy. It would have, it would have at least carried through and made it feel like these were three movies that belong uh, together. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of each one just feeling like a completely disconnected experience. Um, yes. Uh, anyway, so he was like, all right, if I can't save Star Wars, I'm just going to go fuck up Jurassic more. <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, needless to say, uh, look, before we get into anything, I always kind of like to Pour pour a little sugar on 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 this for listeners. Um, uh, we're not going to be nice to this movie, okay? So, if you're someone that is going to get like outraged or whatever, I mean, you know, maybe skip this episode. But I mean, look, just because we don't like the movie, it doesn't mean we don't like you. It doesn't mean you can't like the movie. It doesn't mean you can't think the movie's good. It doesn't mean anything like that. We're just saying our opinions. And sometimes, 
they rub people really wrong these days. Uh, I mean, that's just the internet. That's the world of geek review culture that we're in. But you know, I mean, if you think if you if you feel like you're going to take this personally, first of all, don't. And secondly, yeah, maybe <laughs> not listen to us say some really mean things. Um, so, and as always, you know, even in a review where I really tear a movie apart i will make sure i find some positives yeah i i mean i think we all try to um but yeah i mean you know i don't know i i mean i love all kinds of shitty movies i love bad there's a lot of bad movies that i love even unironically so i you know i don't know i i think you just gotta be like okay whatever i mean if i was to meet someone they were like you love godzilla versus gigan that movie's horrible i'd be like yeah, I know. <laughs> and <laughs> your point, sir. Um, so anyway, uh, okay, uh, I guess, um, Tom, you seem animated enough to give us a plot uh, oh. synopsis. Thought it'd be I usually when you call me calling me to do plot synopses, I cringe. But I've been I've been waiting for this. <laughs> one. Okay, ready. I did not know that, okay. so I'm I'm glad that uh, right. you're you're. receptive here so it's four years after the end of fallen kingdom because why would you want to see the world become populated by dinosaurs when we can do a time skip uh blue has a little baby and uh she did it she, she did it all on her own because she has now monitor lizard dna in her because retcons and um and also, uh, the 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 world has been sort of filled up by dinosaurs. Shut up about how uh, Maisie, you remember Maisie from, and if you don't, don't worry because I didn't. <laughs> the the little clone girl from the end of Fallen Kingdom is now living with Claire and Owen in a secluded cabin in the woods. She is not allowed to like show herself in public because uh, this company named Biosyn is looking for her. Also, the United States government is looking for her. Like, basically, all interested parties are looking for this little girl because there's rumors that she's a clone, and so that would have implications in like a a UN or US sort of you know national treaties and and biotechnology uh, capacity. The these corporations are all looking for her because she's a clone and that would have all sorts of implications for their businesses and things like that. Everyone's looking for this little girl. Um, Meanwhile, let's stay on the little girl before we go too far. She winds up being kidnapped. She gets kidnapped by Biosyn by uh, it's Henry Henry Wu specifically who wants her. He wants to study her DNA because She's actually kind of sort of not really a clone. Her mother managed to uh, create life from nothing, uh, you know, literally, very, very literally play God and impregnate herself with herself. And um, then when the when Maisie was born, her mother then found out that she had this debilitating DNA, you know, genetic disease. And she managed, the mother 
managed to cure Maisie after she was born, um, but not herself because of reasons, because the movie has to happen. Uh, but so Hen- Henry Wu wants to study the little girl and get her DNA and figure out the secret of the uh, change of DNA versus uh, the, the the baby Velociraptor who he knows that DNA hasn't been changed. And he wants to like like study two self-impregnated people, not people, but creatures and one with changed DNA and one without changed DNA to see if he can unlock the mechanism for the change. Why does he want to unlock the mechanism for the change? Because meanwhile, giant locusts are ravaging crops across the world. And yes, locusts. And in your Jurassic World movie, that's what everyone wanted to see. These giant locusts are destroying all crops except for one's created by the company Biosyn, who is now bankrolling Henry Wu in his in his research. He has somehow between, you know, the last movie where he was essentially Frankenstein creating, you know, like nightmare creatures that could uh, that could lock onto laser beams and guns. Um, done just a complete 180. He feels bad about it now. He wants to release a viral infection of some kind that will alter the DNA of these locusts that he created to essentially just kill them off. And uh, investigating this locust situation is uh, Dr. Ellie Statler. And she, you know, rolls up wearing her, her, classic costume and doing her classic sunglasses pull to look at all the crops. And then she goes to Dr. Alan Grant da, 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 and she's like, Hey, how you doing? And he's like, Oh, Hey, I'm totally not in love with you still. And then she's like, you want to come help me steal a locust from this company to find out that it's got the same DNA as this one I found out in the field. And he's like, um, sure. Because, because I, they, they give like some nonsense reason where she's like, I would need a witness to prove that I took it from their facilities and not just another one from the field. I don't know why Dr. Alan Grant is like a legal witness to something when any lawyer could be like, they're just friends. Like, of course he would lie for her, but why the did they need has- to go get one anyway if they already they already had one? They, they had to prove the they had to prove that the ones in the lab were the same ones out in the field. With what? proof. Where else would they come from? Someone else. <laughs> no one else there's no locusts like that anywhere else. Don't worry about that. Someone else uh, trying to frame them. <laughs> um, so who's going to help Ellie and Grant get into the research facility? Ian Malcolm, who now works for Biosyn as one of their chief lecturers, who is like, hey, the world's going to end, so we might as well just enjoy it. Um, and also helping him is the 
uh, associate director of Biosyn and also helping them are every single employee of Biosyn and also aiding them is every security member of Biosyn. Basically, they don't everyone have security. Except for, basically, every single person who works for that company except for the CEO wants to blow the whistle on this this nefariousness, but he somehow still holds all the sway and power um, to be able to convince them to uh, to not say anything. And then these two paths cross when all of our characters converge on the Locusts and Maisie, and then they have to escape the Biosyn uh, facility because a big fire started because the CEO lit all the Locusts on fire and started a big old forest fire. And if you're wondering, in the last 10 minutes of me summarizing the plot, why I barely said anything about dinosaurs <laughs> in your Jurassic World movie, welcome to my frustrating experience of watching this movie and wondering when the dinosaur movie was going to be about dinosaurs at all. There's dinosaurs in there. There, oh no, no, that's a <laughs> that's a thing. I very specifically think we, at some point, we'll get get to, or we could talk about, it, or we could talk about it now. There are dinosaurs in this movie. They do not matter. You could strip the. This is the only Jurassic World movie. The, the only Jurassic Park movie, whatever you want to call it. The only <laughs> Jurassic franchise movie where you could strip the dinosaurs out of this movie entirely and have the exact same movie. The dinosaurs do not matter. Tom, do you remember the uh, CEO's name? Steve Jobs? Oh, no, no. <laughs> that's, that's just who they made him look like. Yes. Uh, it's, it's Dodson. We got Dodson here. See, nobody, nobody cares. cares. No, nobody cares. Do you care? I thought half the people Wait, we remember thanks, from the movie. Thanks for reminding us that a convicted pedophile was in the original Jurassic Park movie. <laughs> that was not what I was going for, by the way. <laughs> no, I, I was talking to the filmmakers. It's like, yes, thank you for bringing back a character who was played by a convicted pedophile. I know they changed the actor, but still. Um... Yeah. Uh, also, there are raptors and T-Rexes and stuff, kind of. <laughs> hey, a, so... Freddy Krueger-saurus or whatever. Edward-saurus scissors. Therizinosaurus. There you go. Uh, who is awesome, by the They're way. They're cool. I like him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I got a question. Um, so, if Dogson's like, hey, you know... Uh, we'll just wipe out all the crops on Earth except for the ones that our company makes. Like, mm -hmm. there's no way that a single company can, you know, produce all of all those crops, like, on Earth. So that right. that's really not sustainable, right? Well, he doesn't care if billions of people die because his profits will go up. But he will die. No, he won't. Like, all of humanity will eventually get wiped out. Eventually. No, it won't. Just like, you know, it, just like 30% that of was, it. That was his whole point. Like, he was just 
I don't care what happens to anybody else. See, by the way, he's he's the biggest nothing burger of a villain I've ever seen. Did you guys laugh as much as I did when he like threw his temper tantrum in the uh, control room when he realized he had to call back? Or because of fire? Slapping a chair or something? Actually, I, I, have, I, have, I have something to say about that. Because it's part of like a really weird trend that like I've noticed, and I know some other people have noticed, is whenever there's like a really eccentric, smart, like villain character... They always like give them like traits of autism, and like I don't know, whatever that is, it needs to stop. He, you're not wrong. The more I think about that with that character, you're you're yeah, and like, like you see really it a lot these days. Like it's really like off-putting, in my opinion. He doesn't have any people skills, like zero. He's the only person, like Tom said, he's the only person in his own company that doesn't realize that everybody's betrayed him. And well, then, of course- again, I, I again, I, I, it, it really does feel like the like Hollywood, for whatever reason, has been like villainizing like symptoms of autism, and I, I, I think it's very like not cool. Well, it's like it's like because because one CEO ever was like not a people person and that's like steve jobs was just like not a people person you know and and everyone was like oh like like there's this there's this um this myth that the people who run big companies are like the brains behind the company and just are these like awkward gawky sciency guys Instead of being um, very well put together, suave, charismatic, uh, used car salesman who can sell a lemon and get you to think it is a, a sweet, delicious apple and uh, and make billions of dollars while doing none of the actual work themselves. <clears throat> I think the other problem is, remember, he's so there's a, a sequence in Malta where he basically puts out like a hit. He's having uh, the Blues Baby and Maze, which is the girl character, kidnapped. But he's essentially, throughout this entire movie, he's like never really in control of his own schemes. You know, the the people that are doing the kidnapping keep raising the price and basically extorting him for more and more and more money. And he's just kind of shown to be like this entire this buffoon. And by the time they resolve that plot thread and they they kill him off, like it's just like shrug, like I don't he's he's not like they don't make me hate him enough, even though he's a he's a bad person, but like you don't think you don't feel anything for him because he's like this entire he's just an idiot the entire movie. I don't know if you both felt that way, but like when he died, I was like, eh. Yeah, I didn't even really care that he got his come up in. And that's a problem for this because like you should care. <laughs> you should care that the guy running this corporation, trying to starve the world, kidnapping people, putting out hits basically. You should care. And the other problem is the nostalgia wanking that we'll get to here in a bit. I mean, there's a lot of problems. Um yeah. <laughs> While we're talking about, I guess, you know, the characters, you know, I, I think if there's anything that uh, convinced dum-dums like us to be like, okay, maybe, well, I mean, aside from, 
you know, oh, you know, maybe we'll actually see dinosaurs, the effects of dinosaurs in the, on the mainland. I think if there's any other thing that, uh, you know, convinced us to be like, okay, I guess I'll check it out, you know, uh, it probably would be reuniting uh, Goldblum and Dern and Sam Neill. Um, but uh, at least for me, um, you know, the the dinosaur half of this movie, they're really not integral to. Um, you know, they're investigating locusts for most of, of the movie. And then... <laughs> uh, not only that, um, I don't know, like, I, I didn't really feel like they were... I, the, those are all the, all three are actors that I really love, but I I felt like none of them really knew. I don't know. They they all felt a little bit unfocused in their performance. I guess I think Sam Neill is probably the one that feels the most like Sam, Alan Sam Grant Neill feels the most like the actual character. Yeah, um, you know, uh, Laura Dern is very reactionary, and uh, and I don't know. I this is just me. Out of the three. Uh, surprisingly, I thought Goldblum was the worst. Um, so I, I felt like, I mean, I, 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 all three of them kind of felt like they didn't, you know, quite, I guess, you know, know, know how to act, but Goldblum, he really, Goldblum felt like he was kind of just phoning it in. Like he felt like he didn't care. Grant feels the most like Grant, um, maybe a little bit of hitting the reset button and sending him back to being a more cynical version of himself, but I don't have a huge problem with that. I could see how that character could kind of have a little bit of revertigo, you know, um, to a more cynical sort of version of himself. Um, so I, I think he feels right. Neil plays it well. He's not asked to do a whole lot. Um, other than a be there for nostalgia stake and B tell everyone that he knows who they are. <laughs> yeah, he does do that. Quite yeah. a bit. He's read everyone's You're, book. He's... I know you. <laughs> You're from Jurassic world. You were, you were training Raptors. I know you, you ran Jurassic. I know you, you were a scientist. <laughs> like that's all. That's actually but, like much word for word. What he does though. Like, but he at least feels like himself. Sattler, Laura Dern, I think actually might be giving the best performance, but she doesn't feel like the same character. It's a weird, a really weird pivot. Um, and especially in the the sequence with the, with the locusts where like, this is a woman that's like punched a velociraptor in the face and she's like, Oh no bugs. Really? Yeah. Some people are afraid of bugs, man. Uh, that's a weird, it's a weird moment. Um, and she just, she feels a tinge off. And then yeah, Goldblum, like, so I did mention that Goldblum is working for Biosyn to take them down, but how did he, he know there was anything to take down to begin with? Know that when he takes the job, right? And if you, uh, if you pay attention to the story of the movie, because the story of the movie is something like there's a line where Ellie is like, is like because the the number two in charge of Biosyn, 
you could not pay me to tell you that character's name. Uh, you know, you know, bio two, whatever his name is, he says something and she's like, Oh, you're in on it. Malcolm brought you in on it. And he's like, no, I'm the one who told Malcolm. So Ian Malcolm, the most cynical person in this franchise who hates mega corporations and is the most idealistic one in every iteration we've seen of him previously suddenly decides to just sell out and work for like the biggest corporation in the world and give these like, um, these like faux rage lectures. What a load of poppycock. What, what, what a bunch of malarkey. He's doing it to bring it down from the inside. But he doesn't know that when he takes the job. <laughs> okay, the, there's only... T- there, uh, okay, so this easily could have been... Given another pass in the writing stage, where it's just written that he's the one that found something out, and then he got hired, and then he told the other guy after they, like, I don't know, formed a trust or whatever. Or... The other guy knew and then reached out to Malcolm and, like, told him, like, hey, you know, maybe if you get this position here, like, we can take it down together or something. But, yeah, as it is, it's like Malcolm just, like, applied for a job there. And then this other guy was like, hey, they're, they're, uh, you know, trying to wipe out all these crops with mutant locusts or whatever, you know, but (laughs) so so yeah, as it is, it makes it feel like Malcolm was just like out on his ass and was like, Oh, I guess I'll apply here (laughs) and got a job. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, he feels like a different character. Well, in all three movies, Claire and Owen are different people. Well, that's, that's yeah, let's, let's, can, let's keep going down that path and like this movie continues the long held long held but it continues the Jurassic World tradition of making characters feel completely different Henry Wu does a complete 180 and I he's don't know like what B.D. Wong is he's doing like Dr. But... Frank is, he's like a mad he's a mad scientist in Jurassic World and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom he's like ah I made a bigger with more teeth and rawr and you know, here's your genetically super creature, and I need the raptor to get her DNA to help the Indominus raptor stay obedient or whatever the <laughs> story was. And then now he's like, I feel I I'm a good guy now, everyone. Um and I don't, I don't know. BD Wong is even playing the character. Like the performance is different. Like he's like hunched over, and like he, he looks like he's dying, and like he's acting yeah, he looks like, like he's sickly. Sick. Yeah, it's a yeah. It feels like a completely different character. It's like a 1960s Toho monster movie. <laughs> yeah, where it's just different actors playing the d- different people every time. Only in this, <laughs> it's supposed to be the same person. Um. um. And then yes, Claire is a different character once again. She's she's now just like a complete badass. Well, at the also... beginning of the movie, they're like almost like uh like animal rights like 
kind of like, like PETA. PETA people, like, you know, breaking into places and, you know, liberating the dinosaurs and stuff. Yeah, and Owen is all of a sudden, like, a little more reserved as yeah. a character. Yeah, he, he he's... That all... character's such a... Such a nothing burger in general. He just gets pushed further into the back in this one. Like nobody cares about yeah. this guy. Just he's also there. Um, they briefly bring back uh, the two new cast members from the last movie. Um, oh. The dinosaur vet who she's only in the opening sequence, and then I guess we just got to forget about her. Um, and then uh, Justice Smith, the guy from uh, Detective Pikachu, who was the the technician. Who was uh, for, the worst character? In yeah, any, he was like the really bad movie. comic relief in the last movie, and in this one, he's like never afraid of anything. Like you know, he he he's willing to go and break out these dangerous animals, and then he gets a job at, at what the FBI or the, the CIA. CIA? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which, and he's like, "Don't let anyone know that I was talking to you." <laughs> 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 yeah, which is also really why. Like, there's no reason that had to. That's really strange. His, his performance. He's like he's playing it like he's like Batman or something. You know, he's like this is really dangerous if I'm talking to you and anyone sees us. But if you want to find your daughter, you can get her back by doing this. Th-. And you're like, who is this? Who In the last movie, character? he was like pissing his pants every five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, a lot I, happened. A lot <laughs> happened in those four yeah, years. Yeah. <laughs> Every everyone went through a lot in those five years. Oh, and then uh, of course Maisie, who uh, last we saw, literally was like she's the one responsible for all this dinosaur chaos erupting around the world somehow. Not just because the setup from the last movie was it was just the ones in those mansion that got loose. So they're like everywhere now. Um, but, uh, and I guess, I guess some of that could be maybe explained away with some of the, uh, like there's dinosaur trading. I don't know. There, the people are like mailing dinosaurs to each other. Cause then we get, uh, that's how we get our, uh, our new character here. Uh, Kayla Watts played by DeWanda Wise, uh, more on her in a minute, but, um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, <clears throat> Uh, anyway, last time we saw Maisie, she she uh, uh, released a bunch of dangerous dangerous animals, uh, which were already illegal. <laughs> and in this one, they're just like, eh, she's just a mixed up teen, you know. Uh, no, but yeah, no one really faces any consequences uh, for anything. Um, I mean, the biggest example of that is in this movie. I guess we haven't we haven't tread into spoiler territories at all yet. Um, and I would only call this one a minor spoiler because it's not spoiling anything specific. Um, but Henry Wu, who, you know, created these locusts um, at the end of the movie, he just is, everyone's just like, oh, that guy. What a what a what a great guy. <laughs> Well, Colin Trevorrow said that he felt that Henry Wu's arc was an expe- uh, was an especially powerful one, and he also wanted this movie to work as a redemption for Claire and Owen. 
hell is he talking about? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> um, is Henry Wu's arc a powerful one? I don't. If you can, he goes you can, from being you can feel free to being, you can feel free to pull up that quote. But he, he goes said, from being kind of an awesome evil scientist to being like this, like sickly hunched over man. <clears throat> um, I almost think they could have played into that more and had it be like people be like, "Oh, you're just doing this because you're dying of bonitis." um all right uh which which elephant which which nightmarish aspect of this movie would you like to get to next (laughs) well i i mean i think we should talk about the 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 uh the dinosaurs sequences and you know the, the the dinosaurs um or do you want to just we didn't even really talk about like like what were you expecting going in, and then what did you feel? Did you feel anything on the way out in general? Yeah, I regret that I watched it. Well, going in, <laughs> well, well, going in, I already knew not to expect dinosaurs terrorizing cities because I had read Colin Trevorrow say, you know, that's not what we're doing. Um, and I don't know. I, I, I once I figured once once you know once I knew that, like I I kind of was a little more apathetic. So. Um, but uh, I did hear that it had something to do with locusts. Um, anyway, uh, so I, I that's what I walked in knowing, essentially. Um, and uh, walking out, I was, I, I, well, walking, during the movie, the first half, I was like, this is really boring. Like, I don't, like, I don't care about any of this. Um, in the second half, you know, you get the whole gang together, and that's where you do get a little bit of, where when it when it's able to peep through the darkness you get a little bit of you know um you know i don't know maybe a charming interaction here um and the, and you actually do get a few decent set pieces um uh the you know the first time the giganotosaurus attacks everyone is all right i really liked the um uh there's two dinosaur scenes i really really did like um, I, I probably wouldn't revisit this movie, but, you know, I wouldn't mind, you know, watching them on YouTube when they pop up. Um, there's the one where they're in the cave and there's the Demetrodons. I like that one a lot. And I like mm-hmm. when the, uh, Therizinosaurus is stalking Claire through the woods. Um, those felt the most old school Jurassic Park to me. I guess they felt the most Spielbergian, I'll say, mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. of the dinosaur scenes because the rest of them are really just like you know here's a big CGI thing chasing people and you know when I think of uh, you know Jurassic Park and the Lost World you know the, the the scenes that you know really stick out to you are the ones that are uh, almost like horror movies you know where there there's like a really there's suspension suspense and relief. And build up, um, and I got none of that. I mean, in the first half of this movie, um, yeah. Uh, and so walking out, I was like, okay, it, I was wise to it because I, I walked out feeling like the best stuff was probably in the last half. But uh, you tricked me the first time I saw the first Jurassic World. I was tricked <laughs> into thinking it was good because you had a bunch of cool dinosaur stuff in the last half hour, but. I'm not going to fall for it again. And then I started reflecting on the first hour and a half or whatever of this thing. And I was like, yeah, it was, 
uh, not that good. So I didn't really feel much. <laughs> um, but uh, it, yeah, it, it, the the people that really um, love it are probably responding more to the stuff at, towards the end of the movie than I would know, think the rest yeah, of but it. Even, I felt like this, the climax of this is not as good as like the first Jurassic World. Because like we've already seen that the T Rex is going to come in and save the day, sort of, and get help, and like, well, this this one rehashes that, you know, well, this it, movie yeah. rehashes like the entire franchise, all in one movie. Yeah, yes, and yes. It takes two <laughs> half hours to do it. The, the the finale feels very perfunctory, like like it just happens because it has to happen. Yeah, but it, it it literally is playing up the same things from the end of the first Jurassic World. Um, you know, the T Rex is, uh, you know, stuck fighting, you know, the bigger, badder, badass dinosaur. Uh, this one tries to maybe trick you into thinking that the T-Rex gets killed, but then the filmmakers are like, oh, everyone got sad when the Spinosaurus killed the T-Rex. We're not allowed to do that anymore. Which they literally said, Colin Trevorrow literally said, the T-Rex is not allowed to die. Um, yeah. Which is and like very some, specifically this one. Yeah, that's like, like some, if we ever do If we ever do more Jurassic whatever movies you can expect to see Rexy back in them because she's like the staple of the franchise. Are you like it? That's some Toho ass <laughs> <laughs> like rule. Um, but anyway, yeah. So then, uh, you know, this time the T-Rex gets help from the Therizinosaurus who even the, even the fight is like pretty underwhelming. Like uh, the T-Rex go. just kind of like bumps it into the, the claws of the Therizinosaurus, like it's Freddy Krueger claws. And um, and then it like ends. That's it. That's yeah. like that's basically it. Yeah. Oh, and the the T Rex pauses in front of like a big circle thing to re- recreate the logo. Well, they they also re- let's, let's let's talk about which that is thing. like that's like just as stupid as when Batman flew the Batwing up to the moon <laughs> to recreate <laughs> the logo in uh, the Tim Burton. Oh Batman. my god! Uh, this Except that's does... awesome because that's like that's, that's like self aware like. It's that's there. That's there because Tim Burton has flair and style and and, you know, wanted to do something fun, not because a studio was weaponizing nostalgia to make movie nerds think they were seeing something very badass and respectful that was created for them. They have they recreate this, the the T-Rex stomp in this. They recreate the entirety of the Jeep spinning and the dinosaur chasing people around the Jeep. They uh, recreate Jeff Goldblum's iconic, hey, I'm going to lure the dinosaur away with the flare. Uh, they also have the whole thing where, like, oh, it's going to be a Laura Dern's character in the in the control room making you, like, and the entire movie is just a giant, it just rehashes everything we've already seen except done much better in the other movies. Yeah, You want to know my favorite piece of that though i will say i'm gonna sprinkle in a little positivity right now is after they i think it's like right after they escape the giganotosaurus goldblum has like three of his shirt buttons unbuttoned (laughs) and it's either claire or uh or the pilot look at his looks at his shirt and he goes like "Uh uh-uh and he starts buttoning up the rest of his shirt that that was funny i thought that was funny (laughs) there were like two that and like the there's a joke that he tells about the uh something humping his shin or something like that. That was kind of funny. But like the rest of the, the movie is just, it, it rehashes again, everything we've already seen, but done better in, in other movies. 
And like, I kept looking at my watch. I'm like, how long is this movie? It's and I got long. to a point, like an hour and a half in, I'm like, oh my God, there's still an hour left. It felt like I lost my entire day. This it was, it was, it's, five no, hours. it's, it's, lo- I mean, I, God, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, at this point we're like old men yelling at clouds, but I know, yeah. but, like, but movie, I mean, I, there's no reason this needs to be. I walked in song. with pretty lowered expectations and every time I started to feel like, oh, you know what? I'm really digging this scene and this moment and. You know, we could string a few of these together. Maybe I'll come out having a fun time. Every time I would start to feel that, the scene would just end. I'm like, that was it. You had like a fun little, like twelve seconds, and now, now there's there's so much that we got to get we got to get back to the plot because there's so much plot getting in the way of this movie having any propulsiveness or kineticism to its action or characters that you can't have an extended sequence where Dilophosaurus is stalking Claire and uh, something really crazy, like really scary and, and suspenseful. And she barely escapes by the nick of her teeth and all the, you know, a, a nice long extended sequence that instead you have the Dilophosaurus show up, and it was a really cool moment. It's, it is a pretty cool setup to that scene. I was really, really digging it. And then it's about to spit on her, and Owen comes in and grabs it by the throat and, like, throws it away and then tells <laughs> the rest of them, like, get on out of here! And then they all just run away. Uh, and when we finally do get the Dilophosaurus, like, kill something, it's done and set, like, it it just pales in comparison to what was done in the first film. They even have like the whole shaving cream thing again. Oh my God. That was the it's worst. So, yeah. Dodson so has the shaving cream can, which, uh, I don't know how he got that. That makes no sense. For, from what I heard, the original, I think the original Jurassic world was going to show how probably not Dodson, probably, you know, woo or, uh, the one guy, um, like the Indian guy or whatever. Uh, uh, the, <clears throat> I forget the actor's name. The one Indian actor who's in a whole bunch of stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, I, you know, but it, I, it was supposed to show like someone retrieving that, but I don't know how he has it still other than like, oh, uh, he's got the thing from the thing that I recognize. And he also like, he has it displayed in his office and... Yeah, like it's like uh, a trophy or something. And he, and he like, it's like when he's trying to escape, it's like the one thing he takes with him and all that. And I'm like, dude, that is that is evidence implicating you exactly. in like in S in in corporate espionage. Like, Well, yeah. yeah, but I mean, again, I mean, his plan makes no sense. Uh, like it, the, the, the movie makes no sense. Like. Like I said, like why, why? I, there's, I'm sure there's very easy ways to prove that these locusts come from there. They don't have to sneak in to get a sample of something they already have. You know, it's like how in Fallen Kingdom they, uh, they were like, oh, we gotta go get din, bring dinosaurs, so we have, you know, like a Noah's Ark of dinosaurs, you know, so we can preserve them or whatever. Even though Henry Wu had literally every dinosaur sample known to man in his basement. <laughs> <laughs> but the guy that Wu was working for uh, was like, oh, or go to the island, even though we have everything here. Like, 
that's what I just mean. Like, there's literally, there's really isn't like any thought put into into this stuff. Like, I like I don't know. That bothers me. Um, getting back to the dinosaurs, though, like I mentioned, how underwhelming like all of the action scenes in like the first half were. Um, and uh, there's a few, but um, the worst one for me, was the chase through uh, Malta. Um, you know, and they're in Italy, and, uh, you know, there's, like... We we see some stuff that actually would make for a pretty cool movie. We, we see, like, uh, there's, like, this underground dinosaur, like, fight club um, that they have to infiltrate, and they bring back uh, Omar Sy's character from the first movie because he, for the first Jurassic World movie, because that's someone you remember, but then we don't see him ever again after this, um, yep. because whatever. Um, but, uh, they, 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 you know, there's dinosaurs, uh, chase, you know, there's a big chase through Malta that, and maybe it's just me, I don't know, but I could not, geographically, I could not follow anything that it felt like it was edited by a monkey on speed. Um, you know, at one point they like crash in through this woman's apartment and yeah, what the hell was that? Yeah. And there's like a dino, there's a dinosaur like in this woman's apartment and, and, and like every, I don't like, it's just so sloppily thrown together. I couldn't tell you, I like, I, I did not know what was going on. There's a lot of that in the final act too, with like the shaky. Cam- Remind you what it reminds me of. Unfortunately, is King of the Monsters, where like the camera's panning back and forth so quickly, you cannot follow it and tell what's going Man, on. A hundred percent. I watching the final, or attempting to pick out what the hell was going on in the final battle of this movie reminded me so much of the action sequences in Godzilla: King of the Monsters. It like it turned my stomach. Yeah, it's it's really bad. It's uh, it was indecipherable and like really quick, you know, back and forth shots with the monsters fighting in the background, the humans running in the foreground. It's just also, you know, Claire like outruns the raptor. They can run like sixty miles an hour. He's like jumping yeah. across buildings, but she has a special trick for doing that. She's the main character. Um, yeah, I I don't think enough. I, I don't think I could stress h- hard enough how damaging I thought this movie was to the the concept the the the, the very idea of dinosaurs themselves in especially like in this franchise. Yes. They are treated with no sense of awe, no sense of wonder. The I am so horrifyingly sick of the raptors being like clowned. Like when 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 we were kids and I hate being like oh old man yelling at cloud here and everything, but like the the Velociraptor was like the scariest movie monster that that had come around in in like our lifetime. I will tell and, you uh, when I first saw the first movie, which was my eighth birthday, it was like my new favorite movie ever, obviously. Like, it, you know, it, it melted all our brains. 
I couldn't sleep that night because the raptor was so horrifying. The T-Rex was pretty scary, but the raptor was the one where I was like, oh my god, if this thing was real and I was within like even a uh, hundred feet of one, I am gone. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and, you know, even the T-Rex, I mean, in the first movie, even the second movie, like, you know, where it's sniffing around their campgrounds and like, you know, putting its face through the tent, that is, that's legitimately scary stuff. But I, I don't, I don't like this in, I don't like that they're basically being treated like like kaiju almost and and what i mean is that they've become the characters they've become these characters that you can't really kill because i don't know why i guess that you know i mean you can't I, do anything with them because you can't make you can't make them too scary yeah. because then little kids won't want to play with the scary monster toy <laughs> they will <and> you can't <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we that, did. That's the, that's the thought process, though. You know, <laughs> right? You can't make them too scary. You can't make them too powerful. You can't make them too ethereal. You can't make them seem this like this sort of magical thing. You have to just make them seem commonplace, so that kids want to take their Velociraptor toy and smash it into a yeah. car. And and and, and here's I, where and and to get to where how where fans can be the worst, like because of you know the spinosaurus killing the t-rex uh, that's partially what where this they this that's partially what taught them this oh we can't kill that dinosaur because everyone liked it i, I want to circle back to something tom said real quick because he hit on which is what is my biggest i think fault in this movie it is the the lack of like wonder and awe and majesty when you saw these creatures for the first time that's been going like, on for a long time it has but in this movie it feels like it got up like you, basically they're treated just like any other animal you got like cattle being herded with dinosaurs now like there there's no sense of they're just animals they're just these creatures that are here versus in the first film and the second film these things are terrifying well and they, they get it, it it just it like it eviscerates the whole concept because they just feel like yeah they're just there they're like well you other. know what's funny about that is uh the movie the first jurassic world and the, again this is where i think like these they don't know what they're doing the first one acknowledged that because that's why they had to make the indominus rex to begin with um and there was some meta stuff in there because uh, you know that was their way of saying like movie audiences don't find this interesting anymore so that's why we have to have this other thing that no one's ever seen but this is what happens when a franchise like eats itself right because that's become literal in a way that i don't think they really meant it when they made that movie but it's yeah. it's it's come yeah, I, it's, it's come full circle to kind of haunt them in a way here's the quote and I, I think this is like a perfect metaphor for what this movie does to the dinosaurs of this world. It's no one is impressed by a dinosaur anymore. 20 years ago, de-extinction was right up there with magic. These days, kids look at a stegosaurus like an elephant from the city zoo. That's that's what the dinosaurs are in this movie. They're just there. They're just these like and it's be, and it's it's in no small part because the movie is not about 
dinosaur. Nope. Well, uh, when you don't make when you don't make the movie be about dinosaurs or about a problem that's caused by dinosaurs, then the dinosaurs are just set pieces that are there in the background and Colin Trevorrow has said as much. He said that's basically what he was going for. Well, he, again, here's the it, thing, which, is, the, which which also conflicts with his. He's got he's got almost self contradictory, completely hyperbolic points of view. He has said essentially, and I don't remember the exact quote. I, I have I up. have them pulled up. I will yeah, read them. The 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 one about uh, I think it's boring if dinosaurs were in cities or whatever, read that one. Okay. Okay. Well, well, first of all, I want to preface this by piggybacking on what we were just saying, because the first movie had a meta criticism to audiences, which was, you're not excited by this thing that should be exciting anymore. So that's why we have this new thing. That's Indominus. And that, yeah, in the context of the movie, they're talking about, you know, a world that has, had a Jurassic World theme park open, and so, yeah, people are used to dinosaurs. But, uh, you know, the, 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 the satirical element of that is that it's also talking to us in the audience. And it's doing it in a way that's like, you should feel wonder looking at these things, but you don't. And so it's the movie is almost lecturing us on, like, being like, okay... Yeah, maybe we should like find dinosaurs exciting. And here's where this approach through to this movie and how it dis- the decision it made and how it wanted to follow up where the last one left off contradict each other. And uh so uh, uh, you know, Colin Trevorrow was asked directly, you know, the last movie ended with dinosaurs in the mainland, will we see dinosaurs terrorizing cities? And uh, so this is what he said. He said, I, ha- I just have no idea. Well, his answer was no. But he said, I just have no idea what <laughs> would motivate dinosaurs to terrorize a city. They can't organize. Right now, we've got lethal predators in wild areas surrounding cities all over the world. They don't go pack hunting for humans in urban areas. The world I get excited about is the one where it's possible that a dinosaur might run an- out in front of your car on a foggy back road, or invade your campground looking for food. A world where dinosaur interaction is unlikely, but possible. The same way we watch out for bears or sharks. We hunt animals, we traffic them, we herd them, we breed them, we invade their territory, and we pay the price, but we don't go to war with them. If that was the case, we would have lost that war a long time ago. Um, And then uh, I have another one here where he said, uh, I know that there is something in all of us... Uh, It's probably the child in all of us that imagines dinosaurs randomly uh, going through the streets of cities and eating people out of their Starbucks and causing cars to crash into each other. Um, But it was important to me that we try to at least approach it from a place of reality. What if this insane thing actually happened? The rule we made was we tried not to have dinosaurs do anything or interact in any way that animals wouldn't in the modern world. You know, we have bears and tigers and lions and things that will eat you if you go into their territory or mess with their young. We have animals in zoos. We weaponize them. We put them in our homes as pets. We sell them in markets. So all of of these different realities are in this film in different ways. 
So that's what and he has he, to say about that. And then he also says that he uh, wants to use the world of dinosaurs everywhere to show that Claire's line about no one impressed by a dinosaur anymore was proven false in this final film. And it's so funny to me that you could be like, yeah, a dinosaur would just be like a bear or a or a, a squirrel running around. But also, I want to show that everyone would be impressed by a dinosaur. What? <laughs> Make like, up your mind. People, people read about, like, not bear attacks. I feel like when you read about a bear attack, you're like, oh, my God, a bear mauled someone. That's crazy. But people read about, like, a bear, like, nosing through someone's trash. Like a funny haha. Like, that's like on, like, a... That's on like a now with this type of thing, you know, like you see it or you see it on the TV at the gym on like the Chive TV channel. Like oh, a bear goes through trash. Where's garbage can on ahead? You know, like he says that's what he wants to do with dinosaurs. But then he also wants to make it so that everyone would be in awe of a dinosaur again. You, you cannot do those two things. Those are mutually exclusive concepts. Jurassic Park has always been to me about man doing things we weren't supposed to do dinosaurs coming back and we think we control them but the reality is we can't you see it through the first three films you see it in the first jurassic world this movie comes along and they're just here and they're like every other creature except they're not really like every other creature because they're not supposed to exist we well, made this- uh, there's very little set of like the ecological impact well, you get you know you get ten minutes of exposition with the now this bit at the very beginning. Yeah, I, I mean, there's maybe throwaway dialogue. Even here that and... doesn't. Does that even talk about like that? Doesn't no, even just, talk about things that. That doesn't even talk about things that I feel like would happen if you released like you know dozens of apex predators into a ecology that does not have any natural competition or predators of them. Right, you'd have like breeding out of control, other species going extinct or pushed to the point brink of extinction. Like there'd be all, there'd be all these like horrifying environmental impacts of the, the world that this movie establishes, which is that dinosaurs, it's not just 50 dinosaurs roaming around like the Western United States, making things difficult for people. There's, there's hundreds of dinosaurs being bred on, ranches and yeah there's illegal illegal breeding there's people trading there's um you know companies like biosyn have first of all like they're they're they've turned into a dinosaur sanctuary because i guess they're like they study like the medicinal uses of dinosaurs or or, you know so they're also creating new species because why not i guess at this point (laughs) um (laughs) <laughs> and, and, but yeah we're we're just we're given very little information about any of that and anytime an interesting thing does show up that you might want to see a movie about like oh look there's an un- uh, the dinosaur fight club it's like oh no no there, no <laughs> yeah no the dinosaurs are the dinosaurs from dinosaur fight club are going to get loose and owen is going to hold them back with his magical hands yeah there's that one he holds back um i don't rapper. know the exact dinosaur no it's but- a the, isn't he hold back a, a Carnotaurus? And it a, might be. It's oh, an yeah. adjacent dinosaur, if if it's not a Carnotaurus. But yeah, these giant things that he's never interacted with. This guy that trained raptors, and he's like, "Oh, I'll hold my hands up." And you know, I mean that, like, that's another thing about how like they're not really scary anymore. This this the, these movies show you know if you just put your hand in front of them, they'll they'll like be like, "Oh, uh, never mind." 
Yeah, it, it's baffling. I, I, it, I can't overstate enough how much I dislike it. Like that, that demystification of, of the dinosaurs to yeah. that extent of, you know, I'll say, I think even fallen kingdom does do it better because it keeps stressing that we can't just bring these things into the world. It would be devastating. <laughs> it would be awful. It would be that, you know, it would cause our own extinction. All that, and then this movie is like, no, they'd be fine. They'd be just like running around with horses and stuff. It'd be cool. Hey, I have a question because I don't remember honestly. Does uh, does the baby, does Blue's baby, do anything in this film except get captured? It escapes and, or and, I, I, and sell merchandise. Like, are it those gets captured people? and then it, the little girl lets it loose. Oh, uh, okay. And then they go and capture it again. Um, she goes she she's she's watching a video about her mom and and the 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 and dodgson pulls woo outside and he's like why would you show the little girl videos about her mom and he's like because her mom was a cool lady and i want her to help me out or whatever and she's like watching this video where dr woo is like your mom was a very good lady and you should totally uh take down biosyn and it's like, oh, yeah, there's just another person who doesn't like working for this company. Uh, <laughs> and then she goes and she, like, helps uh, Baby Blue escape. And the guy's like, go after them. And then we don't see Baby Blue again until Owen uh, teaches Sam Neill how to hold his hand up in the air. And he's like, just hold your hand up in the air. Uh, it'll be fine. And then Owen's like, and I'm just going to shoot it with the tranquilizer. So I don't even, oh, don't even yeah. really... Need you at all, and then they shoot him with the tranquilizer, and then you get one of the other really good kind of comedic beats of the movie. You made a promise to a dinosaur. Oh, I meant where he, where he's like, is that a dinosaur strapped to your back? And he's like, oh yeah, why? Um, I thought that was like a decent little. <laughs> um, and then yeah, I don't even. Oh, and then she gets let back to blue at the end because oh, yeah. everyone has to think raptors are cute. No. Hey, speaking of that scene, um, where like they're all like, I guess looking at the map or whatever, that follows the scene where um uh the one guy uh I'm just gonna look up this character's name because the one <laughs> guy just sounds nonspecific. Ramsey. Oh, Mamadou yeah. Athi is Ramsey. That's the the guy that was in cahoots with Malcolm. Okay. Um, there's that part where like him and uh um Dogson get into that argument before Dogson takes a shaving cream can and goes and gets killed. Um, and then, like, they cut to that scene of, like, our leads all sitting around, you know, plotting and looking at the map. And what. And that guy just walks into the room. And it's like, how did he know where they were? How did he, like, how did he know that they were in that room? Like, how did he find them? I, I don't know. We don't know. He just, it makes it seem like he was just, like, in the room next to them. Yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know who we haven't talked about was the uh, the pilot. In this movie. <coughs> Excuse me. Yes. Um, I actually, I, I mean, uh, cons- looking at the last two, God, <laughs> maybe even all three of them, I actually uh, didn't mind that character that much. Uh, DeWanda Wise as uh, Kayla Watts. Um 
I, I mean, she's not that interesting, but I, I think she's more fun than uh, Claire and Owen. And I don't think she's interesting, or I, I, I just don't think anything of that I mean, character. She's not interesting, but <laughs> I, I said she I was have... more interesting. Is what I said. I, I said no. I didn't even say that. I said she was more fun. Eh. I mean, respectfully, I don't even want to say disagree. Uh, respectfully, they have no opinion. <laughs> I mean, she's just there. Um, and then she says, and then she says she likes redheads, and we're all supposed to be like, oh, she's gay. Because representation, yeah, except um, the, uh, what? Well, this movie, I mean, I, I'm sure will kind of crystallize a lot of these as, as you know, we, we end up, you know, wrapping up. But uh, I, this movie kind of is all the things the worst things about, I guess, the big budget franchise system. Um, one of those is nostalgia, which I we, we, we'll, I feel like that's kind of where we got to tackle next. Another thing is, um, you know, being two and a half hours long with just no characters, no real, t- no real moments where people are like talking, um, whether it's about the themes of the movie or, you know, kind of getting into who, who the characters are. And then the other one is, uh, you know, this back padding of, you know, oh, look how inclusive we are. Um, this is something that is less in the movie itself, but more a problem with the PR circuit. And, uh, you know, leading up to this movie, there were all these... You know, there were interviews with, you know, the cast and crew and, uh, you know, people taking sound bites and whatever about how, oh, the new Jurassic World character is, uh, you know, LGBTQ. Um, and I it took a, me just farting around on Google to remember that they did this with the last movie, too, with that vet character who in that film is extremely non-sexual in any way. Um, I can't remember the movie well enough, Fallen Kingdom, that is, to uh, to remember where it's brought up or if it's brought up, but we got a similar thing here. Um, and, you know, there's there's articles like, uh, you know, DeWanda Wise explains the importance of uh, LGBTQ representation and, and all this, and literally all the movie gives us about this character, because she's supposed to be bisexual. And it's like, oh, you know, Jurassic new Jurassic world character is bisexual, you know, this franchise, this great feat, you know, and literally all she has is, uh, you know, her and Owen, you know, talking about Claire and her being like, ah, I like redheads too. And then I think there's another line in there somewhere where she calls someone handsome or indicates that she thinks a man might be handsome and that's it. And, um, you know, I'm not saying that these movies need to really dig deep into, you know, the sexuality of these characters, but I mean, if you're going to try to make a big deal about it, you know, at least make it mean something, make it make sense, you know, and it's like, okay, happy pride, here's your two ambiguous lines, you know. Um, The character is so non-sexual in any way, and and that's, I mean, I don't care, like, I... I just, the only reason I care, I guess, is because they do this patting themselves on the back for doing it. Yeah. And and I'll I'll say, as bad as a movie as uh, The Eternals was, that's the only 
time I've seen a movie that's like made a big deal about this actually like portray a gay couple just like they're normal people and and actually have it like be a part of that character. Yeah. You know, every other time you hear it, about this, you know, and I mean in in a way in a way that didn't feel like it was just pandering like they weren't just yeah, throwing it was like here's they just, weren't just giving him a gay husband to be like oh my husband likes this and like yeah. it's a it's a two second line that you cut out for china yeah um, you know they they kiss a few times they say i love you you know i you know they call each other you know i don't know you know d- 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 terms, terms of, endearment. of endearment you know and uh so yeah i mean it, that's just one of the several things about Eternals that, like, I can say I admire, even though it's as a movie, it's a POS. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's what. If, if there's anything that people should be doing from that movie, it's like, yeah, if you're gonna make, if you're gonna like make a big deal about this, like, okay, show show it, and right. don't shy away from it. Just show it. Yeah, and especially, like, I really especially the way Eternals does it. Like it's, it's, it's matter of factly, but it's somewhat integral to the character, right? Cause it lets you know that he's a family man who cares about his family. And then it shows you his family. Like, I mean, if you're going to do it, do it. And if you're going to do it, don't do it in a way that feels like you're just sticking it in there to pander to people and have, you know, a same sex kiss just to have it or have a, or have a character even 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 be more explicit and you know like as as claire walks away or something you could have the the character go "Mm, nothing wrong with that and like be this lecherous like disgusting thing you know (laughs) like like if you're gonna do it just do it and i don't know it's it's it sucks (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah um it's so that the next time they do a Jurassic movie, they can have like a character that's like a little bit more openly, you know, queer in some way, and be like, it make the first main char- gay make the main character is a gay couple. Forget- what? There, do it. What was that? I said, just make the main characters a gay couple. Just do it. Yeah, but if anyone instead, has a problem with it, screw them. They're just gonna have like. Uh, uh, the next character in the next one's going to have like one little line and they're going to say the first ever gay character in a, in a tr- Jurassic movie. And everyone's going to forget these two previous characters because it wasn't important. Yeah. You could probably in, in five years, if they make another one and they have a gay character, you could have that headline. And that happened to me. I forgot about the one in fallen kingdom. <laughs> so yeah. Um, all right, so I, we we talked about uh, the nostalgia factor being something that's kind of consumed every IP known to man, really. At this point, every I, Star yeah, yeah. Wars, I mean, everything for Godzilla, Ultraman, it's you know, Ghostbusters. Um, everything is like this weird thing that's just full of callbacks. So I, I, I mean, uh, kind of like we just did with the LGBTQ piece. I, I think there's a bigger conversation to be had here about, I guess the n- nature of these, uh, I guess, generational franchises and how they are 
using that to really, um, I don't know, I, I kind of just, it, at this point it seems like corporate brainwashing or gaslighting where it's, well, if we give them this, you know, the, the you know it, that'll prove to them that it's something made for them, you know, when really all that they want to do is increase their bottom line. Um, and, uh, you know, we get that here, man. And, and again, I mean, if you're going to do a nostalgia legacy kind of thing, make it mean something. There's no real reason these three characters need to be Ellie, Alan, and Ian Malcolm. So, again, make it mean something. Like, um, say what you want about the Star Wars sequels, um, but it means something that, that the, 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 the main um, legacy character in uh, Force Awakens is Han. It means something to the plot that the main legacy character in Last Jedi is Luke. I mean, say what you will about those movies, but at least it makes sense that, like, hey, this is where the character it, is and what they're doing right now. It unfortunately means a lot of things that Palpatine is a uh, returning well, character. Well, yeah, and, and, and well, yeah, and Palpatine is exactly <clears throat> where they did that the wrong way. And I see it done wrong more than I see it done right. Um, uh, and I, in this, I mean, I love, I love, I love those characters, and I love those actors. You know, it's not with any great pleasure that I say this, but there is no reason it needs to be those three in, in terms of the story. Like Ellie, I can kind of see because you know she studies plants, but I mean, there's no reason that needed to be Malcolm. There's no reason that Alan Grant needed to be the person that she goes to. No, not at all. It, like I, like I like I mentioned during this, like she's like I need a witness. Why would anyone, like why would Alan Grant be your witness? Because that would be that'd be like me saying, hey, hey Matt, I need someone to be a witness that I was in my house. You know, like it's like it's like calling a friend for an alibi. From a from a legal point of view, which is her whole angle legally, I need a witness so that when I bring the DNA samples to the, I don't know where she was, I forget where she's planning on bringing them. She's like, I can prove that, you know, they're the same DNA. And it's like, why would Alan Grant be your, your legal witness to that? He's your friend. Yeah. You, you don't have another person that works in your field <laughs> that can at least <laughs> do that. <laughs> um, and then, yeah. And then the, the Ian thing, especially because now you feel like that's a different character. And when you, when you bring a character back and it feels like a completely different character, you've either rewritten the way we view that character in his prior movies or rewritten what we were supposed to take from the last time we saw him or something like that. Right. Well, like, the thing like, that it doesn't do is it really doesn't tell us much about who they've been for the last, you know, yeah. 25 years or whatever uh, like i mean we know ellie's kids are you know in college and she got divorced we know alan is just a lonely the, he's the same person he was in the third movie um and malcolm is just like 
I don't even know what, <laughs> you know, but, it, but the, 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 that's what I'm saying that, and that, that kind of talks about what we, what I, what we were talking about a minute ago is the, the movie never, it, this is a two and a half hour movie that never slows down enough for you to really learn anything about any of these people, whether it's new characters or these characters. I mean, I, I, I if I haven't seen one, someone for 30 years, it's like, I want to know who that person has become. And, I mean, the, this movie doesn't really tell us much of that. Yeah, it's. I think I mentioned it to you guys in a chat at one point. Is like, remember that scene in the first one where Ellie and and uh, and Hammond are sitting around eating ice cream because it's melting. Yes, and they just have this this character moment where he talks about the fleas at the flea circus and the you know. The movie is just calm, and you get the little piano bits of the score in the background, and he's he's pouring his heart out to her, and he's you're you're getting to see who this person is as a character. This movie doesn't have a moment like that anywhere. The, the closest we get is in the beginning when we see. Maisie living in that cabin with Claire and Owen, and you get a little bit of their parental relationship to her, but it it it's all cu- it's cut it's cut off very quick, and well, those were so trite too. And no, yeah, and those weren't the most yeah. characters to the most interesting people to begin with, anyway. But it's the closest we get to something where we see people just being themselves. It's trite, like you said, but it's there. It doesn't last long, though. Um, but I don't know. I Yeah, I, I mean, I think just in general, I would like movies like this to be able to deliver on the spectacle, but also kind of give us, you know, people that we kind of understand. And, um, right. You, you well, would take, I would take a moment, a moment where, okay, uh, Owen and, and Pilot crash into the frozen lake and manage to survive because plane crashes aren't fatal. And then they manage to outwit the pyro raptor because raptors aren't dangerous anymore. And then they manage, he manages to fall plunge into the frozen water and then be fine because uh, hypothermia is no big deal, but they get through all that. They get inside the, the building or whatever it was in the elevator they take a minute and they just sit while they're collecting themselves. Maybe he's drying his clothes out. You know, he's drying his clothes out. She gives him her jacket or something so that he doesn't get hypothermia. He's like sitting, trying to warm his body back up. And they have a conversation where, she, where she's like, you know, is this your daughter? And he's like, no, not exactly. And why does it mean so much to you? And you'd have like a little, oh, build some character there. No, instead we just bump from that action sequence to, I don't even know what the next one is. Is it maybe Ellie and Grant, like almost getting lit on fire or whatever with, by, by Steve jobs or whatever the hell it is. Like, I mean, you just, you're just constantly bumping from one beat to the next beat and you're never taking a minute to have these characters sit down and just, shoot the shit with each other um 
uh, one thing that because um, we we we've kind of made similar criticisms with the MonsterVerse movies, and um, you know, for example, I, I said I think a few times on here the most interesting human element of Godzilla 2014 is in the first act when you have the play off between Brian Cranston and Aaron Taylor Johnson. You see him, you know, at home with his wife and his kid. That's the only time those people feel like people. And that's the only time that I feel like I'm even a fraction invested in them. You Um, know what's criminal? The 90-minute Jurassic Park 3 has that one moment where uh, William H. Macy gives his little spiel about, remember we went on vacation or something? I can't remember the exact thing, right? But it's something about going on vacation, right? Remember yeah. that part? Uh-huh. That's in a 90-minute movie. It takes a, it takes a minute to yeah. try and develop these characters a little no, bit. That, well, and- that's the other thing is it really doesn't take much screen time to do what we are saying. So the longer a movie is, the less excuse there is to not do it. I mean, um, I one thing that I've I've mentioned a lot uh, about um, Ishiro Honda's movies, and something that he has had specifically said he always tries to do is give us a little bit of these characters in everyday life. For example. Um, you know, the scene in the Mysterians where, uh, you know, when Mogera's attacking and you see, um, you know, the girl in the bathtub and Kenji Sahara coming over and being like, hey, we got to get out of here. Or um, uh, I recently watched uh, Ghidra. Um, and, you know, th- throughout that whole movie, there's just uh, all these little things with, um, uh, you know, the the main character and his sister, you know, whether they're, you know, making fun of each other at home or in the middle of a chase scene, you know, this, the, they'll they'll have like an exchange where, you know, you get a little bit of an idea of what it, what what their relationship is like. And it seems like movies don't really do a lot of that, especially these. Um, and uh, I'm sorry, can I and, rant for a minute? And especially more? this one. <laughs> Yes. May I? May I have? May I rant for a moment? I mean, isn't that what this is? I thought you were. Yeah. Yeah. Well, may I continue? Because <laughs> um, this is a rant. I I feel like I should have put this earlier, but I've been I've been saving this because this is another thing about franchises and more specifically, Tom, your old favorite of. Um, you know, the people that like these movies, again, I want to say I have no problem with people liking these movies. But the the very common, um, I guess, probably the, the, the knee-jerk defense. The Citizen most Kane people, defense? Yes. What were you expecting, Citizen Kane? And, um, you know, look, I came to watch Dinosaurs and that's what I got or... Uh, so, or, you know, oh, you know, I came to watch Godzilla and Godzilla's in this movie a lot. And, uh, look, if that's why you like something, that's why you like something. I'm not telling don't you don't go with the that. Trough. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not telling people they can't, that can't be a reason they like something. But what I am saying is that I, I, I feel like in a way that defense is just as condescending as if, you know, someone was coming at something with a very snooty anti-genre opinion because 
it, it, it's distilling these films to basically almost, I might have to explain this a little bit, it's distilling them almost to pornography. And, and, and look, I'm, I'm not, I have no problem with pornography, whatever. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying, though, is when people think, oh, a porn movie, they think fast forward to the sex. And with these, um, whether it's Jurassic Park, Godzilla, um, and the first time I ever saw it used rampantly, Transformers. So it's what I like to call the Transformers disease. Because I remember going to see the first Transformers movie, and I hated it. I still really don't like it. Uh, the sequels are worse, probably, but even that first one, I do not like that movie at all. And everyone, like my friends, everyone kept saying, "You look there, there, I, you got to see giant robots beating the hell out of each other." You know what more do you want? And I was like, "This movie is like over two hours," and. A, I didn't think the action was that great, but B, if I'm going to spend two hours with something, I I want something that I'm going to be able to attach to. And if I'm just like, oh, I got to see robots punching each other, that that really, look, if it's good enough for you, great, go for it. It's not good enough for me. So when people say that, it's it's just as condescending to me than if I were to say, oh, why... Giant robots, dinosaurs, giant monsters, kaiju, pff, that's dumb. You know, it's, it's, it's just, whether people know it or not, it's just as condescending. And it's also a, a kind, almost a slap in the face to genre movies because you're saying literally they don't have to do anything but give you that carnage, give you those monsters, give you those action set pieces. And look, I do not think that defense holds up anymore. At least with the first Transformers, that was, you know, YouTube was within its first 10 years of existing, whatever. If I'm gonna, if I'm gonna be like, oh, I just wanted to see dinosaurs, I would A, just watch those scenes on YouTube, because once this movie comes out on video, they will be on YouTube. Or B, if I just want to watch dinosaurs doing cool stuff, I can watch Prehistoric Planet. I can watch Walking with Dinosaurs. I have alternatives to spending nearly 20 bucks to go and sit down in a movie theater for two and a half hours, which is a good portion of your non-work part of the day. I, I, like, I need more than that. So no, that's I- why I think it's condescending to say that. That's why I think it's a defense that doesn't work anymore because these days you can just go and see the highlights of something on YouTube and so I think the filmmakers need to try a little harder, and I think fans need to be able to be more vocal about pushing back and not giving so many excuses. And I'm not saying these are as bad as the Transformers movies. There's probably not a single Jurassic movie that I wouldn't rather watch than any of the Transformers movies, so that's not what I'm saying. Um, but I am making the comparison because it's very similar, and and I've... I've I've thrown this thought out to a few groups of people, and uh, one of them was like, well, you know, in Transformers 2, you know, you have all these fart jokes, and you have the racist robots, and you have, you know, it cuts to dogs having sex and stuff like that, and, you know, none of these do that, and it's like, okay, 
that's a valid point, but I, I, it did also get me to wonder how much of that could you throw into a Jurassic movie? Could you throw into a Godzilla movie? Could you throw into a Star Wars movie? And those loyal, the, in, in the franchise loyalists will still be willing to sit down and say, well, I got what I paid for, which is XYZ. You know, um, I mean, we saw, it, we, we saw it with Transformers too. Oh, I don't care about racist robots and dogs fucking. I got robots. So, I, I mean, you know, it, it's one of those things where... You a bit where, of that yeah. into Godzilla. Yeah. There's you know, tons of sex jokes in King of the Monsters. Right, yeah. yes. <clears throat> um, and, and But I, I think that... Um, not to, you know... I'm not really trying to single anyone out as a villain, but it, it, it we do live in a time when everything is Michael Bade and Roland Emmerich to Helen back. And all of these movies are stand up with the, the, the stuff that Michael Bay, Roland Emmerich and guys like that have been crapping they're out for worse, years in a way, in, in a, in a weird way, they're worse because they are so much more calculated. Yes. The, it's you know? very much market research based. You know. a, Michael, a Michael Bay movie as repugnant as I might often find it and I, or often not sometimes, right? I, there's a, a good portion of Michael Bay movies that I actually like. I like The Rock. I like Pain and Gain. I, I'm okay on the first Transformers, right? So not to say Michael Bay can't make a good movie or anything, but I think he kind of tries different things and he has a style and he's not, he's not overthinking it when he makes a ha ha pee pee poo poo. The, the robot peed on a guy. Ha ha funny. Look at the balls and dick joke. Like he's not overthinking it. He's not right. putting it in there to try to appeal to anyone, but himself and what he would want to see in him and what he thinks is fun and what he thinks is funny. I think that These, I think, but I, I think he's complicit in how we got here though. Oh, for sure. For sure. But, but these are calculated. It's, it's all right. We've gone, you know, however long without an action sequence, let's have one right now because audiences get restless. Uh, we've gone however long without a comedy beat. So throw in, two or three one-liners, try and get everyone in the theater to at least chuckle once. We, you know, it's, it's, we, here we've got these storyboards. We want this sequence in the movie. We want that sequence in the movie. I don't care how you get them in the movie, get them in the movie. <clears throat> the reason these keep getting made though, is ultimately, uh, this is depressing by the way, Fallen Kingdom made over a billion dollars. This movie opening weekend, as of right now, it's well, opening week, I guess has made over 400 million and like that's basically what Godzilla versus Kong made its entire run. And it's because they know that you take an existing IP that's worth some money that has some cachet, you resurrect it and they don't have to try. I think that's I think that's the, the most depressing thing is that that's why these movies continue to be as, as bad as they are is because the mainstream audiences are cool with the explosions and the dinosaurs. And unfortunately, like for guys like us, I mean, that's, I don't care if Jurassic park continues at this point. They're terrible. These, I mean, this, I didn't this, care right? if it continued after the third one, I saw the <laughs> third one was like, there's nothing to say here. They're done. Well, that's, that's the kind but you know, Hollywood temple movies, like 
large, largely what we get are cash grabs, existing IPs that have very little to say, blow all their, their budget on the, the, the glamorous special effects. And like people dump on Marvel all the time, but like you watch Endgame, like it actually raises some thoughtful questions. Like there, there's, there's sometimes that Hollywood gets it right, but lately it feels like with all these existing IPs, they know they're going to sell. And so like it's very much check the boxes, tell the joke, Make sure we have an action sequence, and now we can be two hundred or two hours yeah. and thirty minutes long. I mean, what you're saying well, that's is a whole true. Conversation though, too. I mean, audiences are complicit. I will say. Well, right? the thing we, is, here's we've the thing. seen, we've seen if audiences really, really, really don't want what you're selling, you wind up with a Morbius, right? Where I don't think that movie's gonna like lose money, but it's n- by no means a hit. But that movie will not lose money because of the way these giant corporations manipulate the theatrical release system, right? So it's you've got you've got kind of two things, right? You've got modern audiences a hundred percent complicit in um, being very easily tricked by nostalgia bait and. Uh, and four quadrant filmmaking and, and I, the, the, a better example of a, of a movie recently that did this for me was actually Sonic two. Instead of having anything that happens in the movie that actually is cool, have all the characters talk about the thing like it's cool. The, the original Jurassic world did this. When he's wearing the Jurassic park shirt. Yeah. That first the original was, park was yeah. awesome. And it's like, how does yeah. this guy know that he never, it never opened. <laughs> right. So you have characters that shouldn't know things saying things that the audience would want to hear. Oh, Halloween Rhythm. kills is like the oh, king yeah. of that. So you yep. have, so audiences just lap that up and then also get tricked into like defending these movies because it's so respectful. How dare you attack this movie that gave me exact, gave my eight year old me exactly what I wanted. And then you also have the studios manipulating theater chains if if I don't want to get too far down that line of thought, but like go yeah, watch. Yeah, we don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean we we don't want to get too lost yeah. in the weeds here. Go watch Tarantino's interviews talking about him trying to get the Hateful Eight released in the Cinerama Dome. I mean it's fucking depressing. Um, and also, yeah, I, I, well, I mean I, once this movie came out, I mean. I don't know. I mean I mean Crimes of the Future came out, which I mean I I will stand Cronenberg. I mean. It, Even the worst Cronenberg movie has some something in it that I I find interesting or fascinating. So he's like one of my favorites. And you know, Crimes of the Future I went and saw and I I loved. And then it was like I blinked and this movie was out and it was gone. You know, and but and but it it really this movie would be fine if it just let a couple other movies you know breathe on a few, couple more showings a day but that's really not like tom said that's really not how the studios they control what goes on those screens and you know if you're just a little independent canadian movie pff, you're done um but it, it is true i mean modern i mean movie audiences have always been that way though so yeah, you can say it's depressing, but it's literally you it's hard to really 
imagine I'll because say what, I'll we, say we, what we think of as modern movie audiences, and I would stretch modern pretty far back. Far back. Like, like I would say far, far back far into back, the 70s or 80s. But, most but yes. people most people that go and see a movie are not like us. Um, most people, I guess normies, if you will, they just <laughs> want to get out of the house for a few hours. That's it. I mean, I know people. I have friends. I have family members that, like, they're not movie people. So if they go see a movie and you're like, oh, oh how was the movie? They'll be like, eh, it was fine. It was good. It was whatever. Or something like that. Where, you know, they don't, like, find any movie really life-affirming and mind-blowing, and they also don't really find anything to hate. They just want to go and watch something else for a little bit of their day. That's most people. And that's okay. I, I, I'm, that's fine. So, and that's the other thing, is, you know, people, oh, well, you wouldn't saw it. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah, it fooled me once. You know, they got my 18 bucks or whatever. But... Whether we see it or not, this movie is going to be a, a smash. And so, you know, you could say, oh, you're complicit in this, but, like, hey, are we? Most people that see this movie probably just want to get out of the house and get away from their everyday hell of work, <laughs> loud kids at home, and just try the crushing weight of existence, and they just want something to go and get their mind away from life. That's what most people go to movies for. Believe so, it or not, that's what I like to go to movies for too. Like, right. I, <laughs> I like when I'm sitting in a movie theater and I and I watch like everything everywhere all at once, and I get so swept up. Or The Northman, and those are movies that in terms of tone and what they're striving for are on like very opposite ends of the scale. Right. And also the, the emotions they make you have. But I like when I go and I see a movie like that and I get so swept up in it and so lost in it. And so I'm just enjoying it so much that I forget about anything else, but the story this movie is telling me and the characters this movie is showing me and their strife or plight or journey or adventure or whatever i love when that happens i hate sitting in a movie theater for two and a half hours being wondering when they're going to start talking about the fucking dinosaurs <laughs> well i i i the fireworks factor well i i have a coda on 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 that that rant too and that is i like so like i said i and i know both of you I am not afraid to proudly profess that I love a bad movie, even unironically. Street right. Trash is not a good movie, I, but I unironically love that movie. I will watch it anytime, anyone, you know, any, anytime I f feel like I should. Uh, you know, Godzilla versus the theme God of this, keeping it on the generic theme of this podcast, I recognize that Godzilla's Revenge is, is a pretty bad movie uh i i love we it. did a whole podcast about why it's not a bad movie i <laughs> sure we did a whole podcast <laughs> defending it but in terms of the, the construction of the movie itself yes it's not a good movie that's a bad example because all you're doing because that <laughs> is like the most hated godzilla movie <laughs> yeah but i love it sure sure but if i told my if I told my wife that I loved it and she was like, that was really bad. I'd be like, yeah, I know. Right. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> but my, where I'm going with all of this is 
Um, so, okay, we'll just take those three titles that just came out of our collective mouths. Godzilla vs. Gigan, Godzilla's Revenge, Street Trash. Okay? What's something that all three of those have in common? What are they all, like, 80 minutes long? Yes. <laughs> so, that's another, that's, that's the other part of, of I guess, where I, I was kind of going with this is I'm not afraid to love a bad movie. I'm not afraid to defend a bad movie that I think is, that I find good, like those three movies that I just mentioned. Um, and, uh, you know, so when someone's like, oh, well, you know, it's it, it, this movie, and by this movie, it could be any, anything that falls into this wheelhouse. It could be Jurassic World Dominion, it could be Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, it could be Godzilla King of the Monsters, it can be the, the, the Rise of Skywalker, whatever. Oh, well, you got, you know, the cool action, you got the monsters, you got the aliens, you're, you got the lightsabers, whatever. That's all I wanted to see. Okay, sure, that's fair, but, um, you know a lot of the time when I get into debates with people online or whatever, and they're like, well, you like all those stupid kaiju movies and stuff. And it's like, look, those are very stripped down, simple plots that are not two hours, two and a half hours of fucking around. They're they're they, They may be dumb. They may be bad, but they're short they're easy to watch, you know, they aren't, like, I don't have to put aside a big portion of my day to watch them. And if Fallen Kingdom or Dominion, if they were, like, 90 minutes and stripped down and, you know, the plots were less convoluted, would I be saying, would I be talking about them in the same breath as those other movies? I might. I might. If, 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 if the Transformers movies were not two hours of a hundred story threads that mean nothing. And it was just, you know, a simple story about this kid and his robot and they fight bad robots. Sign me up. You know, I'm sure somewhere someone could probably do a clever fan edit of some of these movies, but you know what? Yeah. Give me the 90 minute dumb thing instead of the two hour, two hour and two and a half hour dumb thing that is going to waste way more of my time and be more yeah. boring. I, that's what, that's not, why, that's why, a, that is why I, even though I don't really like the movie, I can at least understand Jurassic Park three better and kind of, even though I don't like it, appreciate it a little bit more because it knew there's no story here. There's nothing to say here. So we're just going to make, uh, a 90 minute adventure movie with dinosaurs. Well, this is where we went to bat for, for Godzilla versus Kong, which is a movie that I feel like a public opinion has cooled on quite a bit since it's, since it came out and more people who skew more towards our sort of line of thought of, you know, really kind of chewing on movies and breaking them down have, have, have soured on it and things, but I'll still go to bat for it and, and say it's a, Compared comparatively, right? I still think you could chew a good five to ten minutes out of the movie at least, but it's a comparatively stripped down movie that gets the movie itself done in like an hour forty minutes. And 
it knows that there's no character really to be built. So it focuses on being fun and propulsive and kinetic and having uh, a, a, just a, a sense of like fun about itself and not taking everything so seriously within itself and, and, and laying it all bare and not feeling the need to over explain the plot and just letting it be a hundred minute monster slug fest. Well, and, and, and if you, if you've, um, you know, in the, in the span of time, you know, the year and a month or whatever, since it came out, if you've read like what more about like what the original script was like and you know the original cut of the movie and the stuff that they like scooped out of that movie if it was released that way it would have been a you know of it would have been a convoluted mishmash of crap yeah and i don't know why a jurassic world movie needs to be almost an hour longer than that yeah i, I that's the thing is I would. I was gonna say I don't know why a dinosaur movie needs to be almost an hour longer than that, but this isn't a dinosaur movie. It's a bugs movie. <laughs> um. Anyway, I, th- th- I'm I'm done ranting. I mean, I, we we kind of got into a lot of you know just the how this movie is a product of all of these things, and it, it this it's movie, a product. yeah, it, yes. <laughs> This movie might not be the worst of its kind, but it is it, it it's extremely symbolic of all of the things that are kind of representative of what's wrong with I guess, you know, these big IP event movies now. It's it's depressing in the same way that I honestly bet despite I really love some of these movies, I would have been at least somewhat bummed out were I alive in the uh, 70s that it, it's depressing that, uh, a, you know, in the, in the 70s, you could argue it was depressing that Godzilla, the franchise that, you know, had the genre defining movie with with the original and and created the conventions of the genre and pushed the boundaries of what you could do with the effects and all of those things that like the first like five or six Godzilla movies did then ended up becoming just part of all the movies that started ripping it off. You know, it it ended up, it ended up just following in the footsteps of Gamera. And there's a, there's a depressing factor to that despite like, I love, you know, Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla and Godzilla versus Gigan. Uh, I mean, those are movies that I absolutely love, but there is a depressing element to Godzilla becoming the becoming part of what was trying to rip it off. Sure. And, and it's, it's depressing to have the, the Jurassic franchise that was this like innovator and leader become just another one in the pack of product and content. Well, I, with God, still though, I mean, Godzilla was still very much, you know, mandated by, you know, Toho wanting to always put it in a certain direction or whatever. But, um, which is happening here too. So, yeah, yeah. But, but the difference though, is that 
there was never so much calculation oh, as yeah. there is now, where no, it's, it's they're, li- they're paying attention to likes and retweets and YouTube views and Reddit threads, and it's all market research. And Toho can be Toho, but, you know, I mean, outside, you know, they might, they'll, they'll give people strict guidelines, but I, I don't feel that they ever, res- they, I don't feel like they ever choke out creativity the way that the big Hollywood studios do right now. Market research that says that, hey, Joker is in the headlines right now, so let's have our director say that his new dinosaur is like the Joker. Well, I I, I was actually, you know, going to pivot back into the movie. That's a great segue. Because <laughs> I'm off my soapbox now. Uh, you know, so, so for you guys, you know, I am, I'm off my soapbox. So we, you know, we, we I, I, I think that was, it, I think it's productive to talk about, you know, the conditions that this movie is made in, but um, to get it back to the movie itself. Uh, yeah. I, I, I was going to say, you know, uh, getting back to the dinosaurs, you know, the big, I guess, uh, PR, look at this thing, is the Giganotosaurus, which is being sold as the biggest dinosaur that we've ever seen in the franchise. Um, Does it seem uh, smaller than the Indominus Rex to you guys? Yes. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, uh, so a Colin Trevorrow uh, said, um, I wanted something that felt like the Joker. It just wants to watch the world burn. Do either of you know what he's talking about? No, it acts the exact same way as any of the other large carnivores we've seen in this franchise ever. Yes. If you're going to apply that comment to any of the dinosaurs in any of these movies, first of all, huge groan. But second <laughs> yeah, of all, first of all, you're an idiot. <laughs> second of all, the only one that even remotely applies to is the Indominus Rex. Because that's the, oh, she's killing for sport, and she she ate her own sister, and you know, she's she's just trying to destroy things. She's not hunting, right? She doesn't behave normally. This thing, I don't know, it doesn't seem to do anything different than like what the T-Rex does in the original movie. It yeah. lets the T-Rex walk away, like during their first fight. Well, yeah, because because of studio well, notes yeah, or whatever. There's nothing and special. Then, and then they, they take out any attempt to make it feel like a, 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 a I don't know, a, a true antagonist of the movie or whatever by having that like eight minute, uh, that eight minute prologue to the movie that they then didn't end up putting on the movie. <laughs> because he said it was too, like, too Terrence Malick, like. <laughs> I, what? Yeah, I. What does that mean? I don't know. Dude, just say the studio didn't want it there. <laughs> say, yeah, just say it hurt the pace of the movie. Which, by the way, I would gladly take that eight-minute prologue, which now I guess, I don't know, uh, it's released as like, they're pretending it's like a short film or something, and it's like, yeah, it's deleted shit. But, um, <laughs> but I would gladly take eight minutes less of the crap in here and and keep the prologue though the bugs yeah huck, huck eight minutes of bug plot in the trash 
and let me have this like cool mood setting atmospheric thing of dinosaurs existing 60 million years ago oh you know what another thing uh i'll be another nice thing i can say is i, I like the pyroraptor yeah that was like my favorite one of my favorite parts of the movie well up until we started ju- jumping in and out of frozen water yeah yeah um, but like it was cool seeing you know that kind of dinosaur and you know how the way it moved was really cool how it moved and swam and you know it kind of did prove like hey feathered dinosaurs can still be kind of you know uh intimidating um um i don't know but but uh the the uh therizinosaurus scene and the uh the the dimetrodon cave are i i will legitimately like stick up for those scenes i mean i was getting i was during the watch of the movie, I was getting ready to be like, oh, the Dilophosaurus scene was so cool, but then he just gets bopped on the nose and runs into the into the bushes and like because the 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 build to a really disappointing end is the build to it is actually really good. You hear the the little the noises and everything, and you're like, oh, this is gonna be good, and then it's not. <laughs> Well, how do you guys feel about the two scenes I, I, I've talked about? Those are two of the better scenes. I liked the uh, Gigantinosaurus. The, the, the one sequence where it's chasing kind of around the, like, the, the compound, like there's like a circular compound was kind of fun. But yeah. like, like that, that sequence is, is good. I also will say overall, CG in this was pretty, was pretty good. Like, yeah. Yep. It's a step up effects wise from the last two. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like the, but the the two sequences that Bird talked about, and uh, I think the Gigantinosaurus, like when it's chasing them kind of around the building, was actually pretty well staged. But you those know, are the those are the scenes that those are the closest that this feel it comes to feeling like a Jurassic Park movie in those scenes. Unfortunately, that's twelve minutes, ten minutes out of a two hour and thirty minute long movie. Yeah. But see, this is this is what I said. You know, I thought those scenes were really cool. Um if I ever want to rewatch them, you know what I'm not gonna do? Rewatch this whole ass movie? <laughs> yeah. You know, I'll just find them online or something, you know? Well yeah, and then that's the like Matt, like you were saying, like as as cool as the the first Giganotosaurus attack is, it's just beat for not beat for beat, but it's just a lot of rehashing yeah. of the T Rex. Giganotosaurus, is that how you say that? Good God, I'm terrible at this. I thought it was Gigantosaurus the whole time, but there's Giganotosaurus like or something. Yeah. I probably would have been better. Hey, I mean, they, they say Giganotosaurus multiple times in the movie, just yeah. Yeah, but like know. I wasn't listening at that point. Like my brain <laughs> just did, did that, yeah. Well, um, and, but Matt, yeah, like. I at uh, least appreciate that scene had a really good mixture of of practical effects work in it, and yeah. so that was, it was yeah, it, 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 it was nice that this was the only one of the three world movies because all three of these they you know in the press circuit oh we're gonna have the animatronics can't have Jurassic Park without the animatronics and this they actually do have like a an okay amount of the <clears throat> animatronic stuff so I of of the three this is the only one that actually did that well. And actually had enough of it to make it not seem like a hollow lie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
Speaking of like weird nostalgia things where like, you know, the audience is meant to be like, oh, oh I remember. What what was with when Grant ran into uh uh Wu and was like, I remember you? That was his whole shtick though, the entire movie. He was just But why would up- he remember him? He met him he literally met him for like five minutes and he, he was, was shown a, a scientific miracle. <laughs> like if you were that. if you were shown a dinosaur hatching 30 years ago, would you remember the the person who you interacted with for three minutes who showed you the dinosaur hatching? I, def- I would not. Well, especially since it's not like, um, it's, it's, it's a guy, it's a guy who's really in the background of the scene, you know, being like, oh yeah, that's a velociraptor. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Who's a good guy now? That's all that matters, all right? All of his wrongs are righted, and he should be remembered as such. That's why That's why he's, you know, he's in this movie, and that's why he got pointed out. Did you guys laugh when uh, they were, like, um, telling Grant, like, oh, you don't know how much uh, voltage was in those fences at Jurassic Park? And he was like, oh, yeah, I did. I, I did not. There's like there there were <laughs> two two jokes the entire was, movie. I laughed. What was with the whole the whole thing where they're like, "Oh, we can use the animals' brainwaves to make them go where we want," and then it, that never mattered. I don't know. Is the one uh, dinosaur vet girl still like trying to liberate the dinosaurs, or does she still never this? Does fire burn? Th- I, I I don't. Is know. Claire <laughs> is Claire still gonna like try and like? Rescue Dino... Like, what... What's anyone doing? But yes, the... the, the Yeah, speaking of the ending, though, when uh, they're just like, oh, dinosaurs, we just live with them now, to her. Yeah. And you got, like, a little girl in the background feeding one out of the palm of her hand and stuff, and it's like, hey, remember in uh, The Lost World when a girl tried that and got, like, eaten by the copies? <laughs> that- <laughs> But well, but Chris Pratt like can ride a horse with like a Parasaurolophus or something now, yeah. so it's fine. Everything's fine. Again, that's just the whole like the Triceratopses are running across the sunsets with the in the Serengeti with the elephants, so it's like cool. You know what would have made more a little more sense is like if Jurassic World wasn't just on the island; it was like in like. Orlando or Hollywood, like it was like a Sea World kind of like in the middle of a populated like air, tourist place, and at the end everything goes to hell, and then all the dinosaurs break in and you know break out and you know they're all over that's, the city outnumbering that's the movie people. You wanted to see, and that was a movie that that Trevor was like, no, you're you're not going to see. Well, this. again, this is why. Well, again, the only reason it's on the original island in Jurassic World is so you can be like, oh, I remember that, you know. Yeah, I remember that island. Yeah, yeah, and so just in fulfilling those nostalgia uh, uh, electrodes in your brain, it's like they right there. You had the premise to give us what people have probably I mean, wanted. And just because you had to be like, oh, remember the old Jeep? Remember this? Remember that? Colin Trevorrow damn near says as much if you read between the lines on the one interview. He says something like, this is the movie I had to wait two other movies to make. Why? 
Which just like, is can someone make Dino Riders instead? I would have much which rather. Which is nuts because there's 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 no reason you couldn't just have a huge time skip between the end of the Jurassic Park world movies and the beginning of of this and just be like, oh, dinosaurs are everywhere now. In fact, it would make more sense, right? You'd be like, it's been 30 years since the events of Jurassic Park and dinosaurs are everywhere now. Oh, okay. (laughs) I would ask a lot less questions. (laughs) So yeah, it it just like worked out. Everything is fine. I I really like just in the series, make Dino Riders, call it a day. I just want to see dinosaurs with lasers. Let's just fast forward like 100 years, 200 years in the future. Let's have full-blown war with dinosaurs. Like, I just go for the... the well, well, the fourth movie was almost like a crazy <clears throat> thing with like half-human, half-dinosaur, like, hybrids and stuff. <laughs> yeah, we're going to we're gonna take a, a few years off, right? Because they, they... Oh, that's the... Just... I know we're running really long or starting to, whatever, but marketing this, especially the way this ends as the last Jurassic movie is the biggest, like it's, it's gotta be one of the biggest, uh, like money grab last. I don't believe you're the last type of things in, in a long, long time. I, I can't remember the last time I saw I mean, one that was like a this. billion dollars again. They're going to keep making money. People want right. to see dinosaurs. It's gonna be it's gonna be at least five years though is the thing right because they're 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 not actively having Colin Trevor out write another terrible script right now to make another one in the next three years so he's got to go yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be five years it's gonna be a whole new creative team or you know like not a whole new creative team but like it'll be a new director it'll be a new writer because like that's gonna be the thing right is those the first three movies are Spielberg's. The second three movies are Trevor Rouse, and then they're going to bring in someone new. It's going to be at least five years, but We're still, gonna again. it's, it's going to be fun. like it's going to be back on an island, right? <laughs> it's be like we whatever collected all the dinosaurs. We're back on an island, like it's it's going to be that with same the damn movie islands seen, like, and like sanctuaries and stuff. Like, stop it! It's going to be that same movie we've seen. Like, I'll say a total of five times across six movies. Um, and that's with a couple of them being halves. <laughs> like this is like half a dinosaur sanctuary movie and half a bugs movie. They need to, here's if, if they need to get someone in and Spielberg needs to quit being so complicit in these, all these bad ideas. That man, he's in the paycheck. That, that's, I mean, he's, no, he's, he's like weirdly involved in these, like uh, to a weird degree. And he, like needs he thinks to, they're good. Yeah. He needs to quit listening to these bad ideas. And then he, the next time someone tries to make one of these, they should do a time jump and just be like, we were wrong. Uh, you know, the dinosaurs have overbred. They've, invaded you know and this is how we have how people have to deal with it like and they need to get they need to actually get to something different from oh uh science scientists were doing crazy stuff and now things have gone to hell and people in an enclosed space have to fight dinosaurs they need to do something else because we've pretty much watched the same plot 
over and over and over and over and over this entire time. And we need to get away from that. Like the fact that this was it, just people trying to fight dinosaurs off in an enclosed sanctuary. Why did we need that again? Was like, it was it the thrilling conclusion to the Jurassic World trilogy that you hoped for? That was it didn't one. conclude anything. It was just another <laughs> one. He said in the marketing, it was a thrilling conclusion. That would be like if it was if if uh, instead of uh, you know Toho, you know, being like Godzilla vs. Destroya, the last Godzilla movie, which it was at the time, um, at least for that like continuity. That would be like if they advertised Godzilla versus Space Godzilla like that. Come see the end of Godzilla, <laughs> and it's just like another movie. Oh my god! It really is. I mean this 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 is as as much just another movie as any. Like if you didn't advertise this as the last one, everyone would be like, "Oh, the can't wait." I don't know about can't wait, but you know, you oh. Can't wait for the the seventh one in 2024, 2025. And you know, well, yeah, well, yeah, and there will be another one. And and Tom, just to prove something you said wrong, because you were like, oh, I guess you know, we're probably in step with most people. This movie has an A minus cinema score. That is depressing. I have lost hope for humanity. Cinema scores tend to be pretty high, though, for everything. (sighs) That's because. Like I said, mo- that's more like the normal person movie experience. Most people don't think about movies the way we do. And that's true. That people just want to go and not deal with life. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but this like would have made this made my life worse. <laughs> I, I lost my will to live for like a good five hours afterwards. Like I just I just sat there like I don't know what I'm doing here. Dinosaurs ruined my life. Imagine how many people had to sit around and think that this movie where the dinosaurs aren't super integral to the plot and the locusts are the real threat. How many people had to sit around and be like, yep, this is definitely what people are going to want to see. Bird, when you when we were having that chat on Facebook and you told us like some some basic plot details before I seen the movie, I'm like there's no way this is real. Like there's no way this movie is about locusts. Well, yeah, I said something like I won't get I won't give away too many spoilers, but I can tell you. But if I tell you what it's about, you're gonna think I like. Well, I, suffered a head just injury. Just so you guys know, something. this is the second this is the second lowest rated Jurassic Park movie on IMDb. It was like a seven. The it's the lowest being, on Rotten the Tomatoes. The lowest being three. No, it's a, it's a six. It's rated a six out of ten on IMDb. That's, that's like pretty normal for IMDb, though. Yeah. Uh, I did see this movie with, uh, so it was my wife's birthday weekend, so we went with her family, and nobody in our group, including my son, by the way, liked it. He was like, it was fine. Which, like, for a kid to say that about a dinosaur movie. Mm. It was my good. son loved it, but. That means you're going to watch this a lot more. You know mm-hmm. that, right? It was, it was more like he, he and, and everyone kind of sat. And I know exactly the point at which I'm going to be watching this movie from is the thing where, you know, he's going to, he's going to want to see it as soon as he can, when it comes out on home video and he's going to watch it through once. And then he's going to say, daddy, 
Can you put this on and just put it on from like the plane crash? Yeah, it makes sense. I'm just not um, gonna and because not that option. when I think it was I think it was when the Pyroraptor attacked, it was somewhere it was either the Pyroraptor or the Therizinosaurus. He he leaned over in his seat and he leaned into me and he went, Now this is what I call a movie. <laughs> Tom, how how old is your son? Now? I don't remember. He's six. Yeah, so Layden's a little older. I don't. He he kind of stopped that whole like rewatching the same thing over and over again. Uh, but but R.I.P. Once that happens, because that's not going to be a fun experience for you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm and then but then you're gonna but then I, I'm gonna I'm gonna notice on your letterboxed after each viewing it's gonna go up like a little bit and then you're gonna be brainwashed into being like oh it's a two like you were earlier (laughs) (laughs) that seems like a good segue into like what's what's a good rating for this trash heap of a film um i'll go how many barbasol spray cans (laughs) um here's the thing is it as bad as the last one thinking about it it might it may be however um, the last movie, I don't really remember, outside of the Mosasaur intro to Fallen Kingdom, I don't really remember any big set pieces that stuck out to me or felt like I was watching a Jurassic movie. In this, I at least get, you know, the Therizinosaurus scene, the Dimetrodon scene, th- th- I really love both of those scenes. Um, the Giganotosaurus scene had some cool stuff towards the end, um, you also had, uh, I'm more a fan of the dinosaur itself in the movie than the scene, but the pyroraptor, um, and every now and then the original three do get to kind of coast through on their, just having some of the, the natural charm and likability of those actors, those characters, um, you know, Sam Neill feels like Alan Grant and I like Alan Grant and, you know, stuff like that, um, so because of that, I, I'm comfortable giving it a two, whereas Fallen Kingdom, I gave it a one and a half. Will I watch this movie from beginning to end ever again in my life? It's unlikely, but I'll probably go and like, you know, be like, oh, you know, I want to check out that rad Demetrodon scene in the cave, you know, and I might, you know, I might, re- I might go back to parts of this movie at some point. That's more be- than I can say about Fallen Kingdom. Um, so I, I would, I would, I'm, I'm okay with a two for this. Um, and in order, I would say the first movie, one of my absolute favorite movies ever made. The second one, I'm not a huge fan of, but it's okay. I, I wouldn't mind watching it again. Um, the third movie and everything after that, don't care. Uh, I'll let Tom take us home, but I want to, uh, I'm just going to give this a, one and a half, Matt can't say uh, dinosaur names out of five. <laughs> Spinosaurus is still the best. <laughs> uh, yeah, that definitely happened for anybody who hasn't heard that episode. Um, the other one was, uh, I call it uh, Ryan Johnson, Rian. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, th- this movie... Although Ryan, Ryan Johnson is not a dinosaur. I just want to clear that up. Might as well be. You don't know that he's not a dinosaur. Is the he thing. could be in this franchise, and I, I would believe it. In um, the Chuck Tingleverse, <laughs> Rian, Rian Johnson might be a dinosaur. We have gone off the deep end with uh, the, the Tingle references. <clears throat> this movie sucks. It 
I seriously like I hated it. I would put this as being the worst entry in the fran in the in the franchise. Um did not like Fallen Kingdom. I gave them both a one and a half. I would like I either have to bump this down to a one or bump Fallen Kingdom up to like a two. Neither feel right to me. I'm gonna stick with the one and a half, but I hated this movie. Cannot overstate how much like I just I hated every second of it, was bored to tears. Kept checking my watch, wondering, like, when is something going to happen? This movie still has 90 minutes left. This movie still has an hour left. Like, that's just how I felt. By the time that I got out of the theater, I felt like I aged 10 years. So, I felt physically exhausted when, I, yes. when the movie ended. I did. It was, it was exhausting. So, uh, one and a half. Would not recommend. And uh, Tom, take it away. You know a movie has beaten you into submission, as, as it did with me, when... You're not a person who enjoys nostalgic callback and you're rolling your eyes at Barbasol spray cans and you're rolling your eyes at um, at Laura Dern doing the exact same pose from the original wearing the exact same clothes. But when it gets to the end and the pilot has everyone in the helicopter and she looks around, she goes, all right, everyone. Hold on to, and I'm like, oh, here comes, here comes, here comes the iconic, the iconic Jurassic Park line. And then she says something. And I was like, you gotta be shitting me. Um, that, that, they missed the easiest, you know what? They, uh, they should have had somebody say that's one big pile of shit and, uh, panned out. And it was us watching the movie. That would have been, that would have been the best. But, Come on. She got everyone in the thing. She's getting ready to lift off. Hold on to your butts. So you know a movie is, is just physically browbeating you into submission when you're like, how could you not do the nostalgic layup, you know? Um, no, I, uh, I, I also, I agree. I felt just like exhausted by the end of it. Um, I could have, you know, powered a small city with the with the energy from the number of eye rolls I did. Um, but I will agree with, with bird especially and, and Matt with the, some of the dinosaur sequences were well staged felt like Jurassic park things, at least for little bits of time. Um, and you know, I appreciate actually using some practical effects work. Um, I, I really did not like the movie, though. I really can't stand that it has demystified the dinosaur so badly that it's just the same thing as a duck in a pond or a horse running across a plane. And I, I, I'm really, really miffed by that decision. Um while also still trying to make it be like, oh, the, the T-Rex is so special. Isn't it so special? No, you just despecialized all of them. Um, I don't know that I, which one I prefer, this or Fallen Kingdom yet. I don't know if I, you know, would rather watch that movie be just wall-to-wall stupid or this movie have signs of competence, um, but but ultimately be like really bad and boring. Um, 
So I'm at a two out of five Barbasol spray cans on this, but I do not look forward to uh, my eventual rewatches. Yeah, it's it's bad. And it'll help me. The only thing I look forward to is helping me narrow down which of the which which is my least favorite Jurassic movie, this or Fallen Kingdom. But I will uh, say, be- I, between I'll those, go watch between Valley those of Blongy to wash the taste of this out of my mouth. Between these past two movies, um, I I can say I could I'll say this, but I can't follow through on it because I have a young son who digs all of this. I'm I'm done with this. Like between these past with these past two movies, if there was going to be a, a seventh one, like in two years, what would it take to get you interested? Because, you know, I it's think, probably going to be a new creative team. I think a hard reboot. Bird's already trying to sell Tom on the <laughs> on the next. I think, but a hard reboot puts you in the area where it's like you're you're competing with the original. I know you're in remake territory at that point. And I don't want, I, I mean, I don't want to see that. I would, I think I'd do a hard reboot and just have Jurassic park. Like you said, I'd have a, a Jurassic park movie where the park was in Orlando. No diner writers, man. Just make diner writers. Have the park be in. L.A. They could do and, that with a time and, jump and a new creative team. That's what creative, I would rather see. In a creative team that I would actually, you know, marginally trust, right? <laughs> Which I don't know that you can get in a in a big studio blockbuster anymore because they're not going to hire someone who has vision. They're going to hire someone who made a marginally successful indie movie to then just be someone they could push around. Well, you know what I'll say? If you want to see cool dinosaur stuff and you just want to see dinosaurs, and if you want to see dinosaurs with better CGI than this, watch Prehistoric Planet. When 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 does the Apple check come in? (laughs) (laughs) uh anyway yeah that that i mean that's what people that just want dinosaur stuff should be watching anyway and and if you want to listen to some some good things and positivity come check over the final forum podcast we have not yet at all talked about anything we don't like because (laughs) because we're in the the early run of dragon ball we are currently releasing episodes covering the 21st or the original um world martial arts tournament the 21st tenkaichi budokai we're doing the i think our next episode is the semifinals, and then we'll get into a comparison and contrast of the manga that's kind of what we do when we hit the end of major sagas so we're we're covering that right now over on final forum can i also reiterate how i hate that these are the jurassic world franchise now and not the jurassic park franchise that rebranding really bothers me that's been that was a that was around the time of fallen kingdom yep because the uh the the blu-ray set i have is is uh 
It's probably the last one that was released branded as Jurassic Park, but it's the Jurassic Park collection, and it's got the first three movies and the first Jurassic World, so it's got the first four, and it's still Jurassic Park. But I, yeah, I hate now that it's the Jurassic World collection. Because I, I remember us pointing that out to each other in our message thread when <laughs> Fallen Kingdom got bundled into like a five pack. Yeah. That it, it was sucks. the Jurassic World saga or franchise or collection or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think that's enough. <laughs> yeah. This was cathartic. Yeah, it's 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 done. We probably offended some people, but it's done. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get out of here then. Bye. All right. Bye. bye. Thank you for listening to the Kaiju Transmissions podcast. Please take a moment to rate and review us on iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher. Make sure to subscribe for all the latest episodes. You can also check us out on Twitter at KT underscore podcast. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Kaiju Transmissions. And you can email us at kaijutransmissions at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments. And we will see you next time.